This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3676, from Monday, the 5th of September, 2022. Today's show is entitled, HPR Community News for August 2022. It is part of the series HPR Community News. It is hosted by HPR volunteers Ron, Dave, Ken, and Monica Mech, and is about 176 minutes long. It carries an explicit flag. The summary is, join us for this near three-hour saga where HPR volunteers talk about shows released and comments posted in August 2022. Hi everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and you're listening to another episode of Hacker Public Radio. This is the Community News for August 2022. Joining me this evening is Dave. Hello, Dave Morris from Edinburgh. And Rowan. Rowan from Baltimore. And I'm calling in from the Netherlands. Community News is a monthly look at what's been going on in the HPR community. And it's a regular show scheduled for the first Monday of the month. Anyone can join, but we like people to have listened to all the episodes so we can give feedback on them. And as ever, Dave will introduce the new hosts. Yes, we have two new hosts. Two. That's wonderful. We have Stash yes. AF, who um, was a commenter for a bit and... Uh, I think we sort of hinted, uh, you could send subtly, us a show. Subtly, and, yes. <laughs> and and he has, he's done that very thing. And we've got, I think, I'm not quite sure how you pronounce, I would go for the simplest one, simplest pronunciation, Hypernike, is it? Yes, that? that's what I, I used in the text-to-speech anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Okay, well, if it's wrong, please let us know. Right. Uh, I explained what we're doing here, and uh, so let's go into it. First of all, we go through last month's show and see if there was any comments or observations. And the first show was the HPR Community News itself. And Mike Ray says, API, I would use the API if there was one. I have not published a show in years, despite having a lot of subjects to talk about. I posted the last one before the HPR the FTP option went away. For some reason, I have an aversion to fighting with what I see as a complex number of steps necessary to publish a show, especially as I would never publish a show without complex notes. And I would enjoy enjoy writing a client for the API, possibly in Perl, since Perl is the best computer programming language ever invented, says Mike. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, Mike. Yes, I, I. Well, what can I say? Yes, I, I, nail, I, nail on head being hit. Yeah. And, I can't um, see any dissenting opinions on this particular audience. So, Kevin O'Brien says comment number two: high winds. And this is a, a comment about the fact that we discussed what it would be like to drive the the RV that that he was uh, describing in, in high winds. We didn't have much problem with with winds for two reasons. First, when you drive more slowly, there is less chance of wind to blow you around. Secondly, our truck is bigger than a pickup. It's a Freightliner sport chassis. So ah, so those. It's like one of the, that you've got a driver's section in the front and you've got a, a seat or a 
sleeping compartment behind, and then mm-hmm. there's the hitch area. All right, pretty cool, pretty cool. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's still, I still feel it might be a bit wobbly in in a strong wind, but maybe the. They're avoiding the winds, which is a good thing to do. Uh, living in Scotland, wind, uh, you know, crosswind is a thing. Indeed. So the first real show of the month was registered memory, which is not to be confused with ECC memory, although memory modules often use both technologies by JWP, who is making me <laughs> realize how little I know about computer hardware since I stopped finding it interesting. Yeah, same here, same here. I, I, I'm getting some useful stuff from JWP here, and uh, yeah, I, I didn't know any of it really. Just knew there was memory. That was it. Yeah, I'm really loving all his uh, his trips back through these various like hardware issues, and it just reminds me much how much I hate making hardware decisions because yep. they always seem to be wrong. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Pain. Hello, HPR, and this is uh, from. Stasha AF, long-time listener, first-time caller. Okay. What a great job. Yeah. Uh, Surprisingly, no comments. <laughs> he, was, he, was very, he was very quick. He was, he was you know, in, in and out and, uh, you know, whizzed through the corridors very fast. But good to have, okay. him, have him on board. Yeah, I think he took our uh, comment and introduced yourself very literally. <laughs> and now the next time he's passing through, he can come into the, uh, into the janitor's cafe cafeteria and sit down and we'll have a cup of coffee and uh, ask some pertinent questions that we might be able to get more shows out of. (laughs) (laughs) Go on, sorry. I was going to say, although maybe just getting in and giving that quick one is a good way to do it because I still have a, I think a how I got into tech episode Mm -hmm, circulating mm -hmm. somewhere on my hard drive that never actually got published. Yep. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, Stash AF is about to come up a bit later on with the How I Got Into Tech show. So there you see, we go. there we put we tripped him up on the mop of of uh, doom there, just as he thought he was leaving the building. Dave <laughs> threw the mop down and uh, <laughs> the mop of doom. I like that. Yeah, yeah. we need a drawing. We need it. We need a visual representation of that. I think. Excellent. Excellent. I have had uh, this idea of doing a show where I. Uh, uh, give a tour around HPR Towers, you know, passing by the, uh, yeah, the coffee corner and the the uh, janitor's closet, and up past the uh, you know the the garage section where all the RVs are and the fold up bikes, <laughs> and then uh, at the back is the river where people are freshwater swimming, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> It'd be cool if somebody could do a script mm-hmm. for that. That would be, and then you know, cut in the people as you're walking past the door, you hear a tattoo and. Uh, and uh, various different people that would be kind of awesome. Also, <laughs> sounds like an HPR text adventure. <laughs> yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> right there. Um, oh yes, Norris, who has unwittingly, possibly as yet unaware that he has uh, volunteered himself to take over the uh, Free Culture Podcasts <laughs> page. I don't know, have we broken that sad news to him as yet? Cause... <laughs> no, anyway, actually not. We won't, we won't. Back, 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 Pretend you didn't hear that, anyway. Pretend you didn't hear that. Using the data of the OG, OG feed to create the website. And this is this is excellent insofar as I don't think you can recreate the website, but 
you can create everything else based on the RSS feed. And there were a few things in here that we were missing. Tags should definitely be included into the web page. But I think we've discussed that before, Dave. They, uh, mm-hmm. To put the structure that we have for the Internet Archive pages into the uh, into the Ogfeed and indeed Roan for your uh, HPR generation website in there also. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, he did. A, he he did sort of inspire me to do uh, <laughs> my episode too, since he's really been uh, cranking out some nice episodes on this particular yeah. concept. Yeah, it, it was it was a it was a great idea actually. I I, I thought it. Uh, Sounded very impressive. What he what he'd done there as a as an, a challenge. It felt, I think he was he was going for there. So yeah, good for him. Yeah, brilliant. And indeed, if there's stuff that we can add to the feed, we will do that to make it easier for people to slurp up our data because that's what we're all about: sharing knowledge. So really cool. I really was chuffed. This is one of those that you're listening to, and you go, "Hmm, did somebody just volunteer for HBR here?" <laughs> <laughs> and the following day we had bin rc with bsd for linux users and this was in my personal opinion a fantastic show as it reminded me the enthusiasm i had for linux when uh when i i came to linux and it had me wondering should i should I uh, maybe install a BSD distro just, or BSD, not distro. It's not a distro. It's a flavor. Flavor. Thank you. Flavor. BSD flavor to see, just to see. Yeah. I've always, t- I've like done, I'm sort of the same. Like I've read about them a lot. I remember when Dragonfly BSD was first introduced, I just never like got around to either loading it on a hardware or trying it in a VM. Mm-hmm. I, I have a slight reluctance which is not justified at all but just because um i spent a few years using the original bsd versions back in the in the day and uh some of those unix versions were really clunky um but then so was some of the non-bsd so we had a system system five was it um the mm-hmm. um Oh, what was it called? Uh, the one that ran on HP's HPUX. That's a very strange beast. That was a really, really yeah. un- unusable version of Unix. I-, I found it never did. You know, if you wanted to delete something, you had you had to do Control H, but only when there was a following wind. You know, it was it was better just to delete the whole damn line and then type it in again. Those sorts of things. Uh, nobody seemed to know how to fix that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it, it's so. Yeah, really, I should actually have a go at this. I, I see that uh, Claudio is running um, a BSD variant on a uh, uh, one of these little um, e- triple E PCs. So mm. maybe that's a thing I should do. Just to get the flavour. <laughs> yeah, go do. Uh, he also commented so. Oh, shall I do his... his yeah, please. There? Yeah. Uh, Claudio M says, excellent breakdown of BSD. Great coverage of BSD and its descendants. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Well done. I had a different comment planned, which went a bit long. I, too, tend to ramble a bit, lol. So, as Ken 
advises, I've decided to make it personal response to this show, which I'll upload soon. I'm overdue for a show anyway, smiley face. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Do you want to take the next one, Ron? Sure. Uh, the next comment is by Norris. Why I use OpenBSD and FreeBSD? My favorite BSD is OpenBSD for all the reasons you described. I use OpenBSD in my home router because of the project's focus on security. I also have a ThinkPad, mostly runs Linux, but I also have a dual-boot OpenBSD current. I use FreeBSD on my home server for jails, managed with Lokage and ZFS. Cool. And Phoenix says, suggestion. Great video. It would be amazing if you create a C programming series. What? <laughs> well, I like your show, so do shows on other stuff, please. <laughs> fair, enough, fair enough. Was there a video with this? <laughs> no. Did you just let a spam comment through? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Phoenix, you need to record a show now, even if you are a yeah. spammer. <laughs> how how you managed to get through our anti-spam selection yeah absolutely absolutely it was it was asleep that day i think um yes yes but um i find that people call videos podcasts and podcast videos in various contexts mm. but um so i, I didn't pay a great heed to that honestly yeah anyway. that's true i think you did mention uh, c programming during the episode mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kevin so. o'brien says i think it's my turn isn't it yeah go for he it he says i love the show Fantastic show and great show notes. I hope we get more from you. Yes, good show notes, actually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some some excellent stuff. And Norris, with a lovely little show about the importance of small toy projects. And uh, this one was inspired by uh, the Haskell show, HPR 3558s. Uh, how I'm Learning Haskell by Tukutorato, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, just do something. Small project, nothing big. Yeah, and for that, uh, he did lovely... Uh, uh, there's a lovely image where they've got the various different uh, takes. This is, this is where... Um, he takes uh, freeculturepodcast.org feed and well not feed but list and uh uses it and then puts the um figures out how recent they've been doing the shows and then if they're doing okay a little behind or pod faded and that would be that would be an excellent one for that site that site needs a lot of love and attention actually and stuff like this would be very good for it (laughs) yep yep the um i wrote a script to do some of this, but it's uh, it's not had any attention for mm. I don't know a couple of years or something. So uh, yeah, yeah. We, 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 the whole project does need some some uh, TLC, I think. Yeah, it was brought up fairly fast to do the Foston thing, and uh, it's a good idea. It's just uh, some TLC is uh, is no harm, no harm. And uh, Ron, do you want to do the comment? Uh, sure. Let me scroll down there real quick. Let's see. Posted by some guy on the internet. Love this show. I love this type of content. The ability to create from thin air whatever you want, even if it's not exactly in demand. It always feels like I'm listening to a mage crafting new magical items just because of the other one was out of reach. Perfect. Nicely said. 
Okay. Uh, and from the man himself, small time cisad men, how uh, some guy on the internet maintains uh, their Linux box part one. I always like to see that too on the show, part one. And uh, yeah, this was, uh, this was about backing up and stuff. Not how I would do it, but then again, how I'm doing it <laughs> so infrequently, you'll, you'll have the last laugh. But uh, yeah, I, I really I think, enjoy uh, the way he... Go ahead, over. Oh, sorry, Ken. I was just going to say, uh, yeah, I, I'm thinking some guy on the internet is slowly not becoming such a small-time sysadmin. I mean, yeah. he's really, uh, really embraced something. I mean, his backups are way more... Uh, uh-huh. Intricate and consistent than mine are. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting take on the on the the, the solution. Um, yeah, uh, it's quite impressive, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I love the uh, echo. Good heavens! <laughs> yeah, that's something you don't want to see in the backup script. <laughs> Fantastic. And Lurking Prion says, thank you. Thanks for the shout-out. Thank you for sharing how you maintain the system. The Centful folder is well worth backing up. Keep a good, keep up the good work. I enjoy your show and look forward to hearing more. And Kevin, Kevin O'Brien... Oh, oh, uh, uh, Kevin <laughs> O'Brien says, thank you. Thanks for the shout-out. I think all of us share our information to help each other, and I love your shows. Super. The Linux in-laws, HPR's inner working... And this was a feedback on uh, the show that I did. Uh, Twin says, painful. Uh, this is painful to listen to and provided zero value. How do we get the Linux in-laws kicked off HPR? Right. Not, not the most positive comment ever, but there's, uh, there's going to be more of that, unfortunately. Some of it for me as well. Anyway, carry on, Dave. Some guy on the internet says, I have more listeners than stars in the universe. <laughs> I got a great laugh from this show. More listeners than people in the galaxy. <laughs> Lol. That's the first time I've ever heard Martin clearly. His audio is usually too low for me to hear. Playing the Ken soundbite was a nice touch as well. Good stuff. Excellent. You can trust some guy on the internet to... Uh... Bring the positive out of people. Love it. <laughs> um, yes, some dodgy guy is developing a HPR static site generator, generating a lot of spam in my inbox because I see all your commits. Yeah, they'll just let anybody do that sort of thing these days. Yeah, they will. Uh, shall I read the the comment? Please do, yeah. Uh, from well, let's, on, let's say what you're doing for a start. Describe your show. So, uh, in this episode, uh, Rowan Moi talks about um, generating a static site web uh, static site generator for HPR. Um, he, it's right now it's based in that arcane Perl language everybody keeps talking about, and um, using the template toolkit, which is actually a very um, awesome module for Perl. Um, and it's it. It's amazing what you can do with it. It, it really is. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm. I don't know if you want a quick status update. I think I've got. Please, yes. Now will be a good time for a status update. Okay. I do. I think I'd say I'm like at that ninety-five percent uh, 
stage now. I, there's some more feeds I need to generate um, in uh, RSS, but I think I have all the pages working. There's some few little uh, not quite looking exactly like um, the HPR tweaks, like CSS, or maybe just changing the HTML a little bit. And the only other thing I can't do now is the number of days until the next um, the next episode is or next slot is open. But I think I have all the other dynamic stuff figured out at this point with uh, your help there, Ken. Thank you. We have uh, the you could cheat actually and use the stats.php page. A lot of okay. that stuff is coming from the stats.php page, and you could kind of take it from there. I don't know what what your approach is, uh, what what um, if you can fix it using the, the tooling. That's great, but if you can't, then uh, yeah. And I think the whole uploading stuff anyway is always going to be for the short term. Well, for the short medium term. Is going to need a database, and it's going to need to be in one place. Otherwise, we can't lock the reservations. Right, right. I know. Um, yeah, I can look into it. I can maybe just have a se second script that runs, or just add something specific for the generator to grab it and parse that somehow. Um, but everything else I've been able to get from using um, SQLite. Um, from the date, you know, from the dump using that uh, converter script I found. So that's been mm, nice. Cool. So we don't really, you know, at, at some point, if we switch over to, you know, that directly, I mean, the, the code, you know, will work, particularly if we keep the same schema and then we can work yeah. on it to change the schema. I actually want to fix a lot of the pages as well. I think there's two all over the shop, but you continue doing what you're doing, then we switch over and then we can do the fix. <laughs> Okay, sounds good. Um, so yeah, so I guess my biggest thing now is um, just if I could get a few more eyes on the page with just like this doesn't quite look right or this doesn't work or you missed this link. I mean, I've, I've run a, a link. I can't remember what the tool is off the top of my head right now that goes through and it'll tell me and I can sort of guess which ones are just because they're pointing, you know, at something I haven't done. And then there's some pages I'm just not going to do. And I, you know, yeah. need to fix the links. But overall, and if we, making good if we can go ahead over. I said overall, we're making good progress. Yeah. Yes. And some of the pages we might, if you're beating your head against the wall, some of the pages we can maybe just get rid of or <laughs> can't fix, won't fix. Okay. Uh, yep. Uh, anyway, some guy on the internet says more magic. I didn't know how you guys remember all these languages. I have to jump from uh, jump into the man page for almost everything. Is Perl one of your daily languages, and is it better for databases than Python? Great show. So you can answer uh, that yourself. Yeah. I, so, like I think I mentioned in my episode, I did get into Perl early like in my early days, um, that was sort of the CGI scripting language for doing anything dynamic at the time. Um, and I've done some stuff with it over the years. I think part of it is you'll find the more programming you do, the you'll, there's just a lot of similarities in um, concepts between programming languages. So once you sort of grasp that, it's like, oh, I just need to figure out how to, to write it correctly. 
I mean, there's more concepts you learn. Some languages have concepts like, you know, you get into maps or closures and all that fun stuff. And that's a little funky. Uh, Perl, this has actually taken me probably longer than I would have because it's been so long since I've used Perl. And Perl has some uh, funky ways to do argument passing and returning uh, just based on its, I guess, age and the concepts. Uh, so you actually get into pointer dereferencing and all sorts of fun stuff that made my head spin a little bit uh, until I finally got things working. Yes, but actually that templating language looks really logical, actually. Uh, yeah, the templating language is actually made, that's sort of the nice and easy part. It was the actual site generator itself, yeah. like the, the program part that where things like took me a little while sometimes like i like the function logic would work but then it was just like getting the variables into it and out of it which was the hard part yeah yes yes it's uh yeah i will admit that Perl does have some strange and wonderful ways about it but uh, but it's it's quite powerful once you once you get your head around some of the the weirdnesses um, I think the first Perl script I ever wrote was we were running, we just started to run Unix systems. We were running Yellow Pages on it. And Yellow Pages is a thing that lets you identify the groupings of your users and, and give permissions and access to things. But it's a very fragile structure and it, it's a sort of tree like thing, um, which if it gets unbalanced, things go completely bad and we were loading users into this thing and it was going really really bad so you have to balance it but there's no tools to do it well there weren't any tools at that point so i wrote a Perl script which absorbed all of this weird tree structure thing with internal links between the the the, the data structure and then balanced that and then wrote it back out again and that solved the problem but I was amazed that it was possible to do it so nicely. But yeah, lots of dereferencing, you know. But I'd, I'd been an assembler programmer, so I wasn't too phased by that. But uh, but yeah, yeah, it's. I, I do understand if anybody goes to Perl and goes, "What? <laughs> no." <laughs> and as far as databases go, I I think one of the other nice thing about Perl is the CPAN, the Comprehensive Pearl Archive Network, which is mm. sort of like the granddaddy of all, like, uh, you know, node-like or app-like kind of, you know, package repositories. Um, and it, there is just something for everything, whether it's easier than Python's module. I mean, you can find what you need to get done is basically what, what happens. Now, there may be 20 ways, 20 different modules, and you got to find the good one. But, uh, yeah, so far... Like it was just the Perl DBI and DBD modules, and it just worked. Yeah, it's quite a nice, nice interface. Oh, my son's currently using a uh, an ORM in in Python as part of his job, and he's finding that he hates the, the ORM because he 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 learned databases from the ground up, and he finds the ORM removes his view of it all. And same with with Perl, there's there are ORMs. For, uh, for for databases as well. Um, but whether you want to use them, I don't know. I, I certainly don't. Okay, shall we go from Perl to basic? The following day was a hookah with We Continue Our Technological 
archaeology to explore the old warhouse DOS. This time it's in basic. Somebody want to read Beza's comment? I think it's probably my turn. I don't think I've said much lately. Uh, Beza says, basic lives on. I think it's a real pity that basic is not taken seriously by more developers. I agree that in its early days it was, well, basic, but it evolved into a very powerful development platform in the guise of Visual Basic. Productivity was far higher than with Visual C++, and for what few low-level functions it couldn't support, you could always create a DLL using C or C++ and pull that in from Visual Basic. In Linux, we still have Gambus, which is easily the fastest way to create a Linux GUI application. It's very similar to Visual Basic, and its flavor of Basic takes the language to a level beyond even VB. For projects where I have complete freedom of choice, I use nothing else. It runs faster than Python, and for GUI apps, it's far simpler and more productive. Never heard of it? Definitely a show there, if not a series. Mm -hmm. I've tinkered with it, but thought, oh, I don't really want to do Well, that. a collaborative series. Wow. <laughs> I think, I think uh, Beezer would be, would be the lead, lead uh, in that particular partnership. <laughs> yeah. And by some guy on the internet, Visual Basic 6.0 for the win. How many of you used Yahoo Messenger during the Win98 era? I remember these software handguns called booters. They were created using VB and everyone had one. It was the Wild West on the internet, and lots of feelings were hurt, following by the BSOD, Blue Screen of Death. Good times. No idea what those were. Booters. Yeah, that one I hadn't heard of either. No. Also a show. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. Ham Radio Testing. Congratulations, Archer72. Or did I spoil it? I think I spoiled it. Do I have to go back and edit it? Anyway, Archer72. Well done. <laughs> Ham radio license, not that hard. Put in some time and effort. Yeah, well done. Absolutely well done. Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm more, more and more toying with the idea of going ahead and, and doing that once I get done the uh, Hacker Public Radio website. Super, yes. I was, well, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say do both. And Archer72 says that the left out in the show notes, Cave Magnifier was the tool I mentioned in the show also known as K-Mag. So the next day we had part one of the New Year's Eve show 2021-2022, who the mobile server is provided by Delwyn, the site by Josh, Stream and Etherpad by Honky, and the show notes by my all-time hero, HP Lovecraft. What an excellent, excellent job they have done. Making yes, links to yes. every single thing that was mentioned in it. Brilliant. Absolutely. That, the, the dedication there is amazing. <laughs> I don't think yeah. only you and I, Dave, will truly appreciate the amount of effort that that has taken. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Or any of the people who've gone around and helped us with the fixing the tags and stuff. That you have to, you can't just listen. You have to listen and then stop and then go, what was that? Rewind 14 times because of the accent. And then find the page, find the links. Unbelievable the amount of work. It easily took twice or three times the length of these shows, and these shows were like 24 hours, so this was a job and a half. Well done. Yes, the show notes are amazing. I, I, I'm really impressed. 
I was amazed. Um, I was prattling on about having uh, fiber um, installed in my house, and I'd mentioned the company. <laughs> and there's a link to the company. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, there's, there's also a great bunch of digital equipment um, thingies in the in the list. I see Digital Equipment Corporation, VMS, yeah. Deck Alpha, blah blah blah. Wow. It really, you can even. I know the the uh, HBR New Year show is quite a hand, a handful to uh, to absorb of a day, um, but these show notes really help. They you can. Oh, I was there for that bit, or or uh, I was talking there, or that's somebody else, or that has to be whoever came along. So, yeah, very good. Yeah, brilliant. I uh, um, HP Lovecraft is is uh, frequents the um, Linux Lovecast uh, podcast and and um, Mastodon channel. So, uh, oh, right. very good. So, yeah, I went over there because I I do visit them occasionally and. Uh, Sent them congratulations for for the the work done there. So yeah, fantastic. Well, the next day, how I got into tech, as promised, was Stash RF Alpha Foxtrot, uh, and from deleting command.com in Windows to tinkering Circuit Python. And there's a thing that I'd like more shows on actually, Circuit Python, because. I'd like to know why is it easier to use than Arduino or you know the the version of C that's in Arduino or it's also what competing with MicroPython I think isn't it Yeah yeah what's so, the and that's, is that the Adafruit version the circuit python I don't know sure. I really got into not that. sure Dave because nobody submitted a show about it you see This is absolutely I was just reinforcing what you're saying there I get all my tech info from HPR Who's Turn is it to do a um, run? You could do DNT's comment. Okay, by DNT, welcome. Great show. The command.com story with, with shout out to Ahuka was well received. Looking forward to more. So the next day, we had some guy on the internet with secret hat conversations. I had to uh, had to chuckle at this one. How how to properly create a tinfoil hat? <laughs> Absolutely awesome. Um, but brings up lots of interesting discussions about uh, monitoring and knowing where you are. And and I was thinking, actually, I was listening to this on the way from the bus into work. And every time I've been passing there, this show has popped into my head. And I was thinking, well, actually, even if I didn't have a phone, it would be fairly obvious to identify where I was of a day because if I'm not at home then I'm on this train following this line into this station taking that bus going to this place sitting there and going back you know people are creatures of habit so all the observation isn't really necessary if you did the legwork mm-hmm. that's the way it was done before everybody had yeah, tracking exactly. devices in their pockets but uh, yeah 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 but this is so, so, so much easier. This is why I always turn off the location thing, except when I'm, you know, using the Google map or something. Yeah, but even that, you know, they, they can tell That's from the enough. towers now because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yep. your average tower is divided into three different sections. So uh, yep. they can tell the direction from that tower, from that tower, and that tower, and they get you a general area. So 
if mm-hmm. they want to know where you are, they will. But yeah, the the tinfoil hat was for your phone, then, is it? <laughs> the tinfoil hat was for your head, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> one of spoons says, "Serious talking. Good to hear somebody reminding others that some tinfoil may go a long way." When folded correctly. Scary biscuits aside, I do occasionally hold a sheet of aluminium foil between myself and a rescued microwave oven. They gave scintillations. Thank you. Scintillation. Scintillations will show up better in the dark, by which means and holes might be revealed. That actually if that was anybody else, right? Anybody else in the letter, with the exception of maybe um uh, let me see. I'm now going to have to find one second. Do, 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 Great. Do. Let's try truncate. Silence that, shall we? Sigflop. One second. Yes, Sigflop. With the exception of Sigflop, I wouldn't think that they were being serious about taking microwave ovens apart, but one of Spoons and possibly Mechiotronic would be uh, on the list of people who might try that. Shows appreciated as ever. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's pretty scary things, microwave ovens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Monochromic is in the channel. No, monochromic. We do not edit. We hate editing. We do do truncate silence though. Uh, so, what else? Where were we? Secret hat conversations. Next show was I talk about all the reasons I love Unix, and this, of course, has to be bin RC. And this was a good uh, a good rundown, actually. I liked the idea that um, literally you can uh, do a TTY dump to a file. I was wondering when I was doing the show notes, was that you know pre-block correct or not? And then it made sense. And you have to listen to the show to find out what I'm on about. Brilliant show notes, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, th- I think I must have tuned out for some of it. <laughs> I'll go and read the notes, but uh, yeah, what I heard was was amazing. Really, really impressive. Um, he's he's into making fairly um, chunky shows. I think this one was nearly an hour. So, uh, but still, it was great to hear his enthusiasm um, and uh, and depth of knowledge too. Sure. Uh, I commented on this. Uh, one thing that he did mention was file extensions are valid. Something upstairs. One moment. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, kids kick football into the back garden. Um, yeah, I commented. File extensions are valid. Relying on them is not a good idea, but using them is fine. It also fits right into other conventions, such as the location of the local and system binary files. Uh, Relying on the system to determine the file type is slow, and I do a time ls um, of a a lot of file directory, and that only took 0.06 seconds, and then doing the same thing uh, for a file, the, the file command to identify what type of file it is, that took two minutes. So furthermore, they help in giving you a rough idea of what to expect. This is useful when searching and you're thinking some Python file which I downloaded yesterday would l- limit modified. So you could do your search limited to modified time and the PY extension. So don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. 
Uh, I guess I'll take the next one. Uh, I hypernike bind mount. Hi Ben RC. Actually, bind mounts are very useful for uh, change root roots. E.g., you can have the same dev directory as your actual OS. By the way, it would be interesting to hear an OpenBSD podcast from you. Yes, thank you, Hypernike. Good old. <laughs> so, yeah, some guy on the internet says, I like file extensions. What Ken said. Also, in viewing files, for example, Vim Twiddle Markdown File.md, the file extensions enable text highlighting. Otherwise, we'd have to read Markdown like Alan. <laughs> as, as we do, yeah, yes. <laughs> That's what's been happening to my markdown. These damned birds and pigeons coming in to read it. Uh, uh, dreadful. Yes, yes. No, it's a it's a good point. It's a good point. I was pondering this after um, uh, hearing this. Oh, show, reading, don't reading the tell comment. me you're backpedaling. The amount of crap I've got from you over the years no, about file extensions. What? It's very useful in the context of Vim. Though I must admit that all, pretty much, no, all of my Perl scripts do not end in .pl because uh-huh. I use the uh, the mode line function that Vim offers, where you stick a comment at the front or the back of the file that says, "Run, use use such and such a syntax," and oh, and by the way, set the tab stops to blah 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 blah, um, which is amazingly useful thing. So I don't. And the other thing that it will do is it'll look for the hash bang. Uh, the start, which indicates uh-huh. you know wh- which interpreter to run it through. So, but I don't want all of my chairs to be called chair ch table. Yeah, but you are called you are called Dave Morris. You're not called Dave. Oh, true, true. Yeah, yeah. But but an extension is not a surname, is it? It's just a. It's a. It's a. It's like having a label on your head saying. I'm I'm human. I'm not an android. No, no, no. It is. It is. It's a namespace. It puts it into the namespace of. Uh, well, what uses it? Now I get what he's. I get what he's saying that mm-hmm. he shouldn't be relying on that totally. But you know, I can understand that you're Dave Morris, but you might also be related to Dave Morris's or the Morris's with the you know, uh, SIS or something. No. It should be a guideline as opposed Absolutely to, not. yeah, you're not related to Morris's. <laughs> I've done my genealogy. I'm not. No, no. We we lost, we, we gained the S in about uh, 17 something or other. Oh, no. I think first census of so the census taker didn't spell our name right and it seemed to stick. Excellent. That's a yeah, I'm too. sure you, you wanted to know that, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I do, actually. I do want to know. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by this stuff. Anyway, <laughs> where, where were we? Oh, There's a comment. Lord. Shall I? Yeah. Uh, yes, you, I just did one, so it's it's uh, you or Ron. Ron, come on. Why are we paying you the big bucks? Uh, by one of spoons. Free revision. Thanks for this episode. Remind me. Reminded me of so many things. 12 years since I studied this stuff for a lot of weeks relating to Solaris. During those studies, I repeatedly wondered, so what? The foot bone is connected to the leg bone. Nevertheless, sometimes it pays to recognize one's available environment. He stimulated my brain through a good chunk of dull work. I would listen to this one again one day. That is high praise indeed. Excellent. The next day, one weird trick. This is Lurking Prion, and... uh, 
Brian, is it? Uh, or is this the one? So, anyway, I'll tell you what it is. He talks about getting into advanced or cybersecurity and how keyboards could trick malware. And this was an interesting... They've done a few fireside chat things themselves, and they are words of wisdom. I really want to give them to certain people that I know. And uh, the trick is that if you put a Russian keyboard on your uh, laptop... Some malware will go look at it and go, well, I don't want to mess with that laptop, so I'm not going to install my malware. So that's pretty good. Yes, yes. Who did thought of that? That's a good one. Oh, why not? Um, I comment on one of the things that they mentioned in there about enthusiasm and willingness to learn. As someone who's interviewed people for jobs, it's amazing the hoops you'll go through with HR to hire somebody with enthusiasm and willingness to learn. Uh, I'll do the next one. Lurking Prion says, rare gems indeed. I was always lucky enough to be on really good terms with HR. I'm I'm of the firm belief that you should know the people in HR and legal on a first-name basis. Bacon saved, smiley face. (laughs) Yes, yes. You should know them on a first-name basis before they come. (laughs) It should be from you going to them, not the other way around. Just Mm -hmm, FYI. mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now I get the message. (laughs) (laughs) And here we have again the next uh, New Year's show. Uh, And let me see. Maglite. Dialects in West Virginia. Scroll down another bit. Random. Nuclear power in the US, mumble, push to talk tips, uh, burn notices, ooh, Vice, GTA, Vice City, scrolling down, ITIL certification, scrolling down, and Gorzilla with Clint Eastwood. <laughs> you just have to, that's a new year show for you. It's, it's awesome. It's probably it's, time to start recording promos and sending them out. <laughs> yeah you're not wrong actually yeah 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 so monochromic do you want to speak speak now or forever hold your peace if we say his name three times he will appear monochromic 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 this is where you roll you can do that do 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 <laughs> sorry about that oh what maybe he's having hard times nope nobody can hear you nobody can hear you let me do it no, nobody can hear you. Anyway, this was a good show. John, I don't know where to get all these people, actually. Uh, John Howley from Colonel.org fame. And this was a good background to, uh, yeah, basically how Colonel.org worked uh, before Git was invented, etc., etc., etc. So you should all definitely have a listen to that one. Yeah, it was definitely uh, an interesting show. And I, I, I do always like like the, the the guests they have and their technical stuff. It's always always really interesting. Yeah, I'm working for VMware now, which is uh, interesting as well. Pretty cool. Okay, following day we had Hyper Nike. Hyper Nike, we're saying, or it could be Hi, Ernick, okay, 
Pyre Nikki. Pyre. I'll shut up. My first podcast, My Journey into the Computer World. How I was introduced to computers, Linux, robotics, programming, cybersecurity, and more. And what? No no comments. No, it, oh. was a, it was a fascinating show and like just sort of the way it sort of started building on each other and that sort of out, outside influence. Yeah. They learning Scratch and then going to uh, the Khan Academy have some excellent stuff. Um, actually, if uh, you could post the link to the show that you or the, the series there, because I wouldn't mind learning a little bit of JavaScript. It's always been something on my list, but I've missed. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've not tried that one myself. I tried, there's a guy on YouTube I've been uh, following because my son was trying to learn uh, JavaScript for, for various things for work. So I said, oh, I'll, I'll sort of follow you along. But he, he zoomed on ahead. So, uh, but it's still, it's, there's some there's some good stuff. I, yeah, I would certainly appreciate uh, a point of yeah, that particular one. Anybody who can do uh, an introductory show on uh, on JavaScript, I'm not not looking for how to rewrite, you know, artificial intelligence, but you know, just the basic introduction, how you get started, uh, how you can test, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We could write a static site generator. You could. JavaScript. You could. <laughs> Honestly, it won't run JavaScript. That might be a problem. I'm not sure. Ah, changing clouds travel you got to be aware of that this is where uh, ahuka planned their rv thing during covid times and how they got around that i love this series and you wonder why this is of interest to ha- hackers is because it actually yeah he's applying this to travel but it goes with a lot of things you've got to be ready for a change of plan you know go with the flow type thing mm-hmm. but in a controlled fashion yeah, yeah, yeah. The the tools that uh, are available for helping out with this are, sound sound really impressive. And yeah. take it into a whole new uh, uh, um, level of, uh, of s- facilities and uh, and flexibility, I guess. Yeah, and the good old spreadsheet. <laughs> As ever, Ahuka uh, has got detailed show notes on his own, which are excellent. Yes, I'm going to have to send my parents... Uh links to this uh, they have a, a camper and they've done some traveling mostly out west to see my sister with it um but i'm sure that some of this planning would would help them out too yeah and just to even if it all doesn't apply to you uh, i mean it the the things that you need to take into account you know practical things the height of your vehicle how you could do it in one day but do you wanna even that applies to um I've been thinking of maybe doing a train trip around Europe, you know, just go over to Berlin for chips, that sort of thing. Chips being French fries. Uh, yeah. And yes. uh, take take the night train and blah, blah, blah. It does make good just general travel plans that you can yeah. then... Okay, the next day we had response to episode 3655, BSD for Linux users by Claudia Miranda, and links to... Uh, his WordPress blog on it and Geeky Experiences uh, episodes. And it's my... I'll do the comment. Alan86 says, feedback. Yeah, OpenBSD is great. Great episode I have not heard before about 
Evo laptops. It would be nice to hear more about them. Admit it, Dave, Alan64 is an alias and you're just plugging them for more shows. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll not admit. Speak to us, monochromic. Speak to us. Um, can no. you hear me now? Yes! He's okay. alive! Sorry about the... No yes, problem. sorry about the technical mishap and sorry about the delay. Uh, I have to jump pretty soon, so just my two cents on the um, on our show. Um, yep. That was actually John Hurley on kernel.org. Uh, uh, this was our third but last show on something called Hacker Public Radio. I would like to take the opportunity mm-hmm. to thank Hacker Public Radio for the last two and a half years. It has been a great experience. What? Uh, sorry, and full disclosure, of course, I'm one of the in-laws. Yes. If you read the mailing list, you probably know who I am. Martin and myself constitute a podcast, sorry, uh, yeah, uh, sorry, a podcast, yes, yeah, called Linux and Lars. Um, what left a bittersweet te- aftertaste in our mouths, basically, were, the co- were some of the comments on the mailing list about Linux in-laws and HPR in general. So come October... And nothing much will change. We are moving to archive.org. The RSS feed is in the process of being adapted. Um, nothing much will change if you follow our, our RSS feed. And Ken has already kindly agreed. Um, I hope that's still the case, Ken. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that there's a direct in play, a redirect in place to our uh, RSS feed if you have subscribed to the HPR one. So nothing much you have to change. Our RSS feed, of course, will always will be up to date. And simply, we are moving then to to, to archive.org. Yeah, um, and I again, just like to like sorry. to say there about sorry, the. Uh, I like to say there about the the feedback um, uh, that I think a lot of people are uh, frustrated that at the situation, and I believe this is entirely down to me that I didn't manage the situation very well. Um, a lot of HBR listeners are frustrated seem to be frustrated at the fact that Linux in-laws were on HPR as a podcast within HPR. And, um, but that, that was, you were on the understanding that we're a podcast hosting platform and that all makes a lot more sense. And uh, I'm really sorry the way it went down. Uh, we'll be going through the comments again, but um for those people making those comments, I can understand your frustration, but uh, it, it, I don't think the in-laws have done anything wrong in this situation. And I hope you can continue to uh, publish those. And we will, of course, be publicizing your uh, feed. And we will be, of course, if you're willing to, via the uh, freeculturepodcast.org site, uh, promoting your stick, your show. If you give us a wedge of stickers, we'll hand them out at boots and that sort of thing. So I would like to salvage some bit of, uh, it could have gone better. The transition is, is basically what I'm saying. I'm sorry, uh, about the way it went down. It wasn't great. No, and Ken, no worries. And, I'm, and don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to pin any, 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 What's what I'm looking for? Any fault on you? No, not at all. Uh, we were just not impressed by some of the feedback of the community because this is exactly what leaves open source in the public view with a bitter aftertaste. Yeah. Um, similar to the like, similar to the likes of the kernel mailing list, uh, Guido van Rossum stepping down, all the rest of it. Uh, I'm not comparing that, but it's it's still not a great experience. What happened within the last what two or three weeks? Something like that. And Ken, as I said, my mail, 
the second ten beers on the in-laws should we meet again at <laughs> and again and again I would like to thank Hacker Public Radio being a podcast or podcast hosting platform frankly and I hope I can say that on the show I don't give a shit yeah um, no, that's but fine. again thank you but again thank you for your hospitality for the last two and a half years and thank you for your support no problem and uh, again you'll see in the in the comments that uh, if you uh, if you look at it from the, the point of view of, of the HBR, people do appreciate your shows. And I'm sure that the majority of HBR uh, subscribers will go over and also subscribe to your feed. So, um, yeah, there's lots of lessons that we can learn from this. And I, the door is always open to you guys. You know, if you have shows that don't fit in with the Linux and all stuff, Absolutely. whack them up here on HBR and don't be strangers. We will, uh, yeah, we will. We will try to put this, learn from our mistakes, and try to put this behind us, if we can. Much, much appreciated. And as I say, and as you kindly um, suggested, feel free to put us on the on the what is it free podcast? Yeah, freeculturepodcast.org. Um, Norris yes, has, uh, exactly. has, has as yet unaware that he has uh, volunteered to take over that. <laughs> so uh, uh, hopefully, much, by much appreciated, Dave. Yeah. And um, put us on. Great, great. Are you going to FOSTEM then? Uh, that's the intention, yes. Yeah, if there, if you see the call for stands, we might uh, try doing that uh, stand thing again, and then uh, obviously get some stickers and stuff, and we can put it into the uh, HPR boots both here and in the US and in the UK, so that uh, your stickers talk, and stuff. Yeah. Are- yeah, let me talk to marketing if, if Martin <laughs> hasn't fired the department yet. Again, let's do this way. Uh, long time listeners will we, we know that but what that means anyway guys yes. I, I gotta run thank you very much for, 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 for the last two and a half years and look forward to meeting you soon alrighty see you Foster at least I have to buy you take a nice care. beer that's the good thing <laughs> look, looking forward to it take care bye bye um, so we did uh, back to response to BSU user Linux and the next show was the new year show part three and you can see lots of stuff about the netherlands coming in so obviously my son is partaking in that one <laughs> and your daughter yes yes yes, yes <laughs> so you've heard yeah, yeah. <laughs> it i've heard it and it was it was good i really enjoyed it they're they're uh, interesting to uh, to listen to <laughs> I, I did enjoy hearing all about uh, the delights of the Netherlands and so forth. Uh, 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 a little bit, yes. We, yeah. Uh, he does enjoy the show, but uh, he sometimes gets a little bit excited and forgets to stop talking and forgets to listen to other people, like myself. But it's a lesson that we have to learn, I'm afraid. Well, it can it can happen to all of us, I think. But uh, yeah, I, th- there was some good dialogue going on. It wasn't just a, a one sided uh, diatribe. It was uh, th- there were some interesting uh, chats with with the between uh, um, your children and the uh, the American uh, audience yeah. and and a few others. There was a Swedish guy on, and Clacky popped in and out occasionally. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, so there was. There was I thought I thought it, it sounded to me like this the sort of um uh discussion that you if you were you know sat on a bus next to people like that would be fascinating to listen to and to to join in perhaps okay and if you're going to be a little long-winded that is the show to be a little long-winded <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs>
Very true. Yeah, that's what you're signing up for, yeah. Um, the following day, we had recording for HBR. This is DNT, podcasting tips about uh, how he recorded. And he had an iPhone 7 with Apple earbuds, a Zoom H1, Sennheiser MB Pro 2, and a Pixel 3 with a Dolby app. And it was also some nice tips here about compressors and stuff and uh, EQ and all the rest of it. Yep, another another show I need to uh, listen to over again just to uh, yeah. make sure I'm absorbing as many hints as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking the same because I I heard this this morning before the before this recording, so it's a bit late. But uh, yeah, it was um, it had some some really helpful hints and uh, and experiences uh, talked about there. Excellent. And good old Mister Gadgets. I uh, hope to hear from him again. I've seen the odd uh, tweet from him occasionally. Yeah, um, yeah. He's, he's still he's still around, but uh, uh, I'm not sure whether I saw him on Mastodon or whether it was Twitter. But uh, oh, if you yeah. uh, if you see him, uh, can you see see there? Say hello and copy uh, myself and the HBR account so we can subscribe. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll um, bear that in mind. He, uh, yeah, good guy. I I did message him once a long time ago. It's been a while since he's been been on, and uh, just to say, really impressed with his shows. And you know how sometimes mm-hmm. it's good to to send a message to people just to to congratulate them. And he was really really friendly and a uh, nice guy to to uh, converse with. Well, good. Okay, there were a few comments on previous shows, which is uh, back at the episode 3676 page. And (laughs) on my own show about infinity is just a big number and other proofs, I include the SMBC comic, uh, where there's somebody having a dialogue with... uh, with the creator asking, does math exist? And then it goes on to say, infinity. Seriously, what's going on down there? <laughs> I've never seen that, but that made me laugh. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. He's done another few since then. So, yeah. Do you want to do the in-laws one? Mm-hmm. The comment from Aaron on show 3629 from uh, the in-laws. What an excellent interview, he says. He, he or she says, I'm a big fan of Mozilla and Firefox. It was fascinating to hear what Eric had to say. I've forgotten the, the guy's name, but uh, I remember that one being particularly um, particularly good. Yeah. See, there are positive comments on in-law shows. I think what a lot of people have said the, the interview ones are, are good. Uh, you know, the, but uh, sometimes they ramble a bit too much on the other ones. But the but the inter- interview ones, they're really, really on the ball. Sorry. Yeah. On you go. Shall I take this one? Please, yeah. Okay. A comment by Sean on episode 3643, My Computing History and the Software I Use by Ben RC. Uh, let's see. Sean says key bindings. You can remap your control and alt keys using UDEV with HWDB, e.g., interchanging control and caps keys. HTTPS wiki.archlinux.org forward slash title forward slash map underscore scan codes underscore two underscore key codes pound example for custom HWDB. 
And you can use control plus the left square paren to send an escape character or square bracket. Yes. Mm-hmm. Once you've done this a few times, you'll be going link in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and by sorry. the way, the, the way we see the comments here, we don't see these as proper URLs, uh, whereas on the actual comment, it, it's uh, the, the URLs are made active. Yeah. Um, a response by Forky to my show, a response to tomorrow's show. I do precisely like a long-time lurker, so you clearly can't count the downloads as listener listeners. My podcatcher is downloading all HBR shows, and I'm deciding afterwards if I want to listen. Surprise, in the case of the Linux in-laws, I delete it without listening as I... S- as I see, it's one of those. Can't quite say why, but after two of their shows, I've had enough. It's just not my taste. Okay. I know, I, I strongly suspect as soon as people hear my voice, there's a massive delete going on, but that's okay. My inferiority complex is better than yours. No, actually, that that's not the joke. Your inferiority complex is better than mine. Yes, that's the joke. Uh, that's better, yes, yes. That makes more sense, doesn't it? Okay, what now, Dave? Do we tackle these? Um, Dave and Ron, Ron, are you up for this uh, thread? Because it's a shitstorm, basically. <laughs> uh, let's, let's do it. <sighs> Unless it's long enough to make another show out of. Yeah. There's a lot. There is a lot. And it essentially says Ken is a moron. Um. Well, it was just, it was a, you know, situation that got out of, a little out of your hands, that's all. Okay, let's do the accessibility thing. Mike Ray, I just spotted a glaring accessibility issue on HBR's site. I just listened to the community news published today and heard a mention about a show from Kafka, which I need to know about right now for work. So I went to the site and the tags page. Running down the list of tags begins with the letter K. I found Kafka, colon, space, three, six, Three nine, that's fine, but only the three six three nine bit is included in the link. So when I hit the K button to navigate to the link in NVDA, a window screen reader, all I get is number after number after number. I believe all the major screen readers include a key to jump from link to link. No idea which is the Kafka show, so the link needs to be changed to include the tag in the anchor. I have mentioned this before, and anchor should include the full text to describe the link. Not just the word here, as in click here about an invisible giraffe with six legs. I would want the whole thing in the link so that I can find the link about invisible giraffes with six legs, not just here, 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 here. Ah! I don't know how I missed that when it was published, but I am one of those people who screw up the stats because I delete most of the shows based on the titles after making sure it's not one of my must-listen uh, of hosts. Linux in laws is not one of these. Okay, fair enough. Dave, do you want to do Dave's response? That sounds good. Yes. Yes. Hi, Mike. I say, I must apologize for this problem. The page is something I designed and constructed myself. For new readers, we're talking about, and I give a link to the tags.php page. I wanted the page to be like an index in a book with the keyword or tag on the left, followed by a list of the page show numbers. Um, as I designed this, it seemed that each link was best 
presented as a number. I didn't know that screen readers would cope badly with this. I'm wondering if there's a way of including text that would help a screen reader while leaving the list of show numbers as it is. I was unavailable this morning, blah, blah, blah. I saw the warnings that many screen readers will not use the attribute. Oh, sorry, I skipped over a bit. Um, I've just been doing, just going back to that previous paragraph, I've been tried doing what some accessibility advice I found suggests, namely giving each link, each link to a show a text attribute. In experiment one, I added the show title there. I saw the warnings that many screen readers will not use this attribute. I also wonder if this will have the effect of making the page excessively complex for screen readers that do use it. Using this text has the advantage for sighted users that hovering over the link shows what the episode's about. I found m- many references to accessible, rich internet applications. Ar- Aria, Aria, in my research, and I see what I could and I see that I could add these types of attributes. What do you think? Uh, I can take this. Hello, Dave. Apologies for top posting. This is from Mike Ray. response. If you get your hands on the Bootstrap 3 style CSS, search for SR-only. I suggest you might want to create a bogus tag, Ali, A, or is it A11? Okay. With a link to a bogus show. And when you have done that, let me know. Although, of course, the styling is probably done in a loop, so any style applied will be applied to all. And I guess what you mean by index is that you want any tag to appear on the page only once, but then followed by a column to the right with the show numbers. I'm sorry to moan about this, but running down a list is very, very, very annoying when meaningful entry is not included in the link. In case of HBR tags page, I just get a number after number, and on a lot of pages, as I suggested before, there's only ever the word here that is linked. Jumping either forwards or backwards through the links with K or shift K, I have no idea when I've landed on a link I want. Perhaps we can do some trials and give me the nod each time you made an update. PHP? Yuck. The answer to is where it's at, Dave. All the pearl happening dudes are there. Mike. And then I reply... I think I understand the problem. You have the search text and then the episode numbers where that keywords appear. For example, Kafka 3639, new line, Kali Linux 1457. So when you search for Kafka, you land on 3639, which is what you hear, is fine because that's the show about Kafka. But you cannot see if there are two more shows for Kafka. Because when you tab, you tab to the next link, which is 1457, which is not about Kafka, but in fact about Kali Linux. If somebody else records a show about Kafka, then you would have Kafka, colon, 3639, comma, space, 9999, new line, Kali Linux, colon, uh, 1457. So when you search for Kafka, it would then go 3639, then 9999, then 1457. So there's no indication to the show which link is about Kafka. Is that the problem? If so, then the solution would be to have the tag included in the first link. So the first hyperlink would be, would say, basically, Kafka, colon, 3639. And then the second one will be 9999. And then for as many shows as the the are. When you jump to the next tag, you would hear Kali Linux, 
1457 and then any other show numbers that follow. Is that a solution? Or would you just have each tag as a headline and then each show having its own line with a complete line of text? To which Mike responded. So, uh, yeah, so I was just getting my head around because I didn't fully appreciate what was being said in that email. Um, anyway, uh, Mike replies, let me see if I can explain this in simple terms with a list. Imagine this list on a website, and I'm not going to put HTML here, since A, emails with HTML in are a crime against humanity, and B, it might upset the email clients folks have set for HTML and not plain text. So his list is, click here to go to the foot of our stairs, click here to eat vanilla ice cream, click here to get rid of all right-wing governments forever, <laughs> click here to restore human rights across mainland Europe, click here if you think eSpeak is the best TTS engine ever. There are five entries in that list. Each, If each sentence only had the word here included in the anchor, then starting from the top and using the navigation key, screen reader, which the screen reader provides for jumping through links, I would hear, here, 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 here. It's about as useful as a chocolate teapot, since I would not know what each of those here things were. I'm aware that you're not using a screen reader yourself. This is hard to understand. Um, if you are not using a screen. And just using a screen reader to test this stuff is hard since getting to the point where you are relaxed and familiar with a screen reader takes time. I will see if I can work out a way to record the text from my screen reader while I K down through a list of links or, or of links of tags on HBR. Presumably the eSpeak tag list must be longer than War and Peace. <laughs> He's right, of course. Um, he replied, or do you want to do his reply? I'll do that as well, yeah. Do you want me to do Reading further down your email than I did before, Ken, this solution would work. If the tag subject were included in the first anchor in a list of tags for that subject, so so just to break away from that for a second, you are suggesting that the actual uh, word that that, uh, that is the, the indexed yep. item, which is also a uh, an anchor, and you can jump to it if you know you know, mm-hmm. you can put that in the URL and jump to it. Then that, if that were to um, signal that it is a uh, an entry for that particular word, um, then no, no, I'm not, still not quite. No, I find suddenly discover trying to explain this to myself. <laughs> I don't, okay, so let I me quite get it. let me you go to me. the text page and I'll show you exactly what. So we've got um, tags beginning with uh, pick a number B, right? So we jump to the video section. So the, the video, there's a, a tag called video, and it's got a whole go of numbers behind it. And all that Mike is going to hear is 26, 29, 41, 64, blah, 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 right through. But what I'm suggesting is for the first link, we start the ahref colon... HBR episode uh, one. The first link is to episode twenty six. Mm-hmm. So, could, well, the, just let me break in. It's because, as as Mike was saying, it's the it's there's some text associated with the yeah. hyper, hyperlink or the anchor itself that's getting read out, not the piece of text that's there for for sighted users. No, um, no, it is the piece of text for sighted users. That's what's getting read out. That's the yeah, problem. But that's, it's it's being read out because because it's a link. 
Yeah. So if you if you press tab on the page, what's happening? Did I? Did you hear anything I said? What was the last? No. Thing? Oh, okay. I I heard you were talking about um, video, video, and then you okay. went through the number. Because during do that, I was pressing push to talk. Uh, okay, I forgot to press push to talk. Okay, uh, if you go to the tab tags.php page, right, and you click on any of the links, H, for example, what I'm suggesting is, and if you go oh, highlight uh, tags beginning with H, I'm highlighting that section, and I'm highlighting the first two lines, hope 1041 and hack 1598. And I'm doing a view source. That was a bad idea. Depends on your browser, probably, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm doing view selection source, which might be a bit easier. So, okay, uh, you know what would be just a lot easier is if I if I do this on the HTML page, it would make a lot more sense. So, you know, when you got a HTML link, it's a href colon hackers public radio forward slash eps question mark, ID equals 1596. And then mm -hmm. you have the semicolon, uh, less than, greater than sign, and then the number. So what we're saying for the first one, we include the word hack in the first one. And then you will hear hack 1598, tab, then you'll hear 1858, tab, he will hear Two one two six tab. You will see three three eight two. And if you actually do this on the page and you press tab, you'll see it jumping from link to link to link. And all you have to do is anything where the blue square is over. That's all they're going to hear. Yeah, because you've landed yes. on the link. Yes. Okay. Yes. So if we I, include the text that's from the A space ID hope, or you know the strong colon hope strong, as part of the first link then you know you tap down to the first link and it gives the the name of the tag then the first show and then the subsequent ones are going to be related to whatever that was and then once you go to a new tag it'll say new tag episode one two three four tab four five six seven which you kind of know in your brain is related to the previous tag and then you press tab and it goes foo episode one tab bar episode two yeah, get the idea. Yeah, that, that that makes sense if that works for uh, for Mike. Yeah, I I um I'm I'm preempting what what's being discussed later on in the thread, but I had actually I was asking about using this area label thingy, uh, which uh, my researchers had shown a lot of screen readers would handle would would deal with it, and and in order to test it, I fired up a a version of uh, Orca, uh, and with some, some struggling, managed to get it onto this tag page. And I found that if I if I went to a particular link, it would say what was in the area label. So at the moment, I haven't moved it moved much further with this because uh, Mike's busy. I think I've not heard back from him. I've got the area label says tag hack colon which is stupid because it will say colon, but show, and then it says show one five, one five nine six. So that was what I thought would be useful. But of course it depends on whether the, 
I know Walker does it, but I'm not sure whether whether other screen readers would. Yeah. Yeah. Me? I don't know. I am. But I'm thinking if we do it the way I'm suggesting, then we include the tag in the first. Then you, you need, everything. You need, yeah. If if you call that thing the sort of index term, that the, the tag word itself or tag phrase itself, mm-hmm. that should also have a, a label on it of some sort that causes the screen reader to uh, to to speak it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bob Youngman says, you know, this entire thread would make a great HBR episode from Bob, <laughs> who's finally right. talking about other people it's making episodes. Now, eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm willing to think, read this yeah. email thread into a microphone and make an episode out of it. I'm, but I'm visually dependent. So while I think I understand the problem and the solution, I'm no ally, uh, ally expert. Not not clear how you're supposed to say that. I know. I know. It took me a while to work out what it was actually referring to. But accessibility expert. Ex- yeah, yeah. But but yeah. Anyway, I don't. It doesn't. Um, it makes sense to somebody else, but not me. But yeah. And then I Good said, point. echo Bob reading accessibility problem thread and in, redirecting into my Omiyashoda text file. <laughs> to which you replied, Dave. So I said, hi, Mike. Sorry to have taken several days to reply. Life got in the way a little. I've been fairly brutal with moving previous stuff in the email thread too, but I hope I can address them nevertheless. Because the thread was getting really, really tangled. I take your point about the multiple here links, but I hadn't quite realized how unpleasant my list of show numbers after each tag was to a screen reader user. I did battle with Orca for an hour or two and began to get the idea. So since Wednesday, this is dated Saturday the 6th of August, I managed to regenerate the tags page with the headings you suggested. He had suggested there should be a, a, um, a header per lump of alphabetic piece of, of, of uh, the page, which, yep. which is there now, as you see. Um, uh, with the headings you suggested in the message with the title, more about tag uh, accessibility. I also added ARIA label attributes to the, the A tags. At the moment, these contain stuff like tag Kafka colon show 3639. I found that Orca would read these, but I have no idea if other screen readers would. I also seriously doubt that the current content is useful I think I was referring to the colon because it would be be so annoying, I'm sure. Um, However, it might be a thing to consider. The other disadvantage of this is that Orca says the show number twice, once for ARIA label and again for the hyperlink itself. So maybe just having the tag in this label would be enough. I will generate a new page with a different name which contains links on separate lines with the show number and title perhaps the associated tag this will be very long and sometimes will have many entries i see the tag linux has 264 entries for example worth a try though i look at your alternative suggestions as well ken's suggestion is also worth testing out ron do you want to do uh carl's response sure uh Carl D. Hammond responds, what if the tag name itself was a link to a page with just the shows related to that tag? That's a pretty common pattern I've seen around the web, and it would make more sense to have the show titles on such a page. My hunch is that 
that only improves linear navigation if those links are either the only links on that on the page or at least grouped together at the start of the page before the show links like a table of contents just brainstorming land air mm, i was thinking about that for the static site generator actually did you hear it's it's going to generate uh, it's going to generate a lot of um pages though isn't it because there's, there's there's like i don't know 600 tags so it's 600 pages potentially yeah but once they're generated they're generated <laughs> sure sure well, except that you have to update, which is actually something yeah. I've been thinking about is doing is an update uh, option for that site generator so that only the pages that need to be regenerated are regenerated. Yeah, uh, that's a good optimization. But if you even if you generate all the pages all the time, yeah, so it's expensive. But when you put it onto a disk and we or sync from that disk to the main website, then it's only going to pick up chain pages that we can set or sync only to look at uh, ones where the file size has changed or something equivalent. True. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I didn't actually do that. I haven't, I haven't done the second page yet because I got bogged down to other things, but um, yeah. that, that will be something I, I will uh, get to in the next next week or two. And, yeah, I um, think uh, maybe if we uh, the tags page is a bit big, if we do a page with uh, various different options, various different options pages, you'll know, have a have a few tags, and then what's the best from those? Because I'd also like to stick to relatively basic HTML rather than using explicit things that only screen readers can use. And if it gets support is dropped or whatever, I'd like it to be the same code for everybody, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but working yeah. for screen readers obviously there was a com that i think mike mentioned um a css enhancement that that would help yeah which i had missed a... that and, and i need to i need to find out more about that so that's also something that if, if i were to put together some experimental pages um to do the various things the thing that i suggested the, the thing that uh, that uh, Mike suggested and Carl suggested and so forth. Then yeah. it maybe maybe and 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 as you say, um, maybe construct them such it just grabs the first few um, tags uh, from the from the list or something like that. Yeah, just to, one with a lot of tags, one with only one, uh, one with more, and then you know a sample it would also be useful if people listening to this, those of those of who you who have survived um uh anyone using accessibility tools if you could uh, ping us on the social medias or on the email list or a comment to this show um if you want to join along in this the more the merrier uh would be would be a good idea i think here and i can help out uh, with maybe generating that css yeah. version dave uh with the yeah. static static site generator yeah yeah, yeah if we, we do we it, can collaborate on that one yep because it would be good to get because if you get it fixed for this we can get it fixed for all the other uh all the other issues related to the site itself might be an idea to um take the hpr css as it is now and see can we improve that as well so that uh by default all hpr pages benefit from whatever we do on this well 
and to that point, uh, when I, cause I had read this while I was doing the templates, I have gone through and I think it, I've changed most of the links for the static site generator to not just say here, but to try to, to give them context now. Cool. Yes. Excellent. Okay. Um, okay, Dave, your last comment a, was. I, I did a, did a reply to Carl. So I'll read that out. Yeah. On the mailing list. Interesting thought. I said to Carl at present, the tag page in question is an offshoot of the project. Now completed to add tags and summaries to all the shows. I separated the tag list, which I refer to as the index, from the main page uh, about what work we still needed done because I thought it would be a useful thing. So the workflow was add new tags and summaries to the database, refresh the two pages, and I'd normally do this as updates came in. Now I update whenever new shows are added to make sure their tags are listed. I generate the pages locally on my desktop PC and upload them so the tag page is static and updated when there's a change. There are currently 5,837 tags in the system, so that would mean a number of tag-specific pages, I guess. Yes. Yes, it would. But, yes. And Mike replies more about tag accessibility. I just went to the tags page again. Going down the page shows all the tags for each starting letter. There's nothing but a go-to index link between each. For example, between K and the L page. Another screen reader option is to jump from heading to heading. So it would be better uh, if there was uh, heading something like beginning with K. You switched to using headings, didn't you? Yeah, I did that already. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so you probably just you could use if the if the aria thing is working, you could just put tags beginning with in the aria, and then it would say it should, I'm guessing, say tags beginning with and then k. I think is what he's saying to give mm-hmm. it context. Yeah, yeah. Tags beginning uh, before each block of, of the tags, then the screen reader user could jump to the from heading to heading until they find the letter they want. Okay, that makes sense. And then hitting K to jump from link to link is annoying when you're going through a list of letters in the alphabet plus some more is a long list. So heading after Z would probably be a landmark to jump to in the absence of the usual skip to link, which is put in the accessibility web page. A note about that: most web pages written by uh, accessibility aware authors include links and landmarks that are invisible to people who see but are spoken by screen readers such as skip to navigate skip to main content skip to navigation i can provide information on how to do that if you want yes uh, in fact here it is my apologies if the html screws up anybody's client was uh, tough uh the, the last one was tough for me SR only, absolute, blah, 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 uh, width one, height one, padding zero, margin minus one, overflow is hidden, and rectangle of zero, border of zero. Uh, so that's useful for hiding everything from CSS. And SR only, foc- screen reader only, focusable, active, SR only, focus, colon, focus, static, auto, auto, width height, auto, auto, margin zero, overflow visible, clip is auto, end of style. So put that at the beginning of your page and then href class ah skip to main content is only visible for people with accessibility. And uh, the href will not be visible, but my e-reader will speak it. 
uh, the div class ID content role main. Don't forget to close the div or perhaps use a div for slash thingy. And then you will see create other landmarks and visible tags audible to my screen reader, but not visible to photon dependent types. However, I dislike this, Dave and Ron, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we should have skip to main content there and skip navigation visible to all. We shouldn't have to hide anything. There's no reason to hide stuff from people. Make It makes people more aware. Why are they putting that in? What happens if I click on those links? So I disagree with this fundamentally. Make people aware that there are accessibility issues and that we're trying to tackle them. Okay, HPR podcast or a hosting platform? Let's do it. Uh, this is about uh, HPR episode 3658. Is HPR a podcast or a podcast hosting platform by myself? In And I quote there, in this episode, our two aging heroes explore the inner workings of a podcast or the podcast hosting platform, depending on your perspective, called Hacker Public Radio. So my question to the community is, are we a podcast or a podcast hosting platform? I believe there is a fundamental difference between the two. Knowing which we are impacts the direction we take as a project. Can you please provide your view on this? Can you do Windigo, Dave? And Ron, can you take Dave Lee's? So Windigo says, I see us as a podcast. I don't contribute I don't contribute episodes of the Windigo podcast to HPR podcast network. I contribute episodes to HPR. Room? Uh, sorry, I, I'm jumping through. It just says, mine says an HTML attachment was scrubbed. Maybe. Am I not looking? I'm just been sort of scrolling through. It's, it's, it's not your problem, uh, um, Rowan. It's because that's what. Um, Mailman does. Oh. Yeah, do I need to click on that attachment thing? No, I don't think you'll, you can see it. I think it just chops it right off. It hates uh, HTML. Well, I have more experience of doing this. I'll do it. Uh, Dave Lee said, not a problem. Uh, in my somewhat experienced opinion, a podcast is a single feed of a related episode. A podcast hosting platform is a dedicated service that hosts multiple podcasts. Based on the definition HPR despite often being used as a hosting provider, is actually a podcast. Happy to discuss further. And I'll do Josh's. Josh says, podcast hosting platform would imply that there are multiple podcasts supported by the platform. As far as how the feed readers are concerned, HPR is a podcast with multiple hosts. Then Kevin O'Brien says, definitely a podcast. It is a single feed in my Gpodder. If it were a network, there would be a separate feed for every podcast. It's a, it's a floor wax. No, it's a dessert topping. Um, and shall I do Mike's? Yeah. Um, Mike, said, Mike Ray says, it's a podcast with multiple hosts. DNT says, it's a podcast, of course. And the only important consequence of someone claiming that HPR is a podcast hosting service is that it raises the possibility that perhaps hosts shouldn't be allowed to style their shows as a show within HPR as if syndicated. Before this, it could be easily tolerated. In my view, the practice is tacky anyway. You'd think that almost 17 years history would be good enough for you to be part of. Hosts who 
instead dress it up as something else are just missing the point to some extent. Bob Trigolis uh, replies, throwing a wrench into the works, I loathe the term podcast. Podcast implies that it is an Apple product, while the word pod is not a registered trade style of the Apple Corporation, it still sounds like it is somehow associated with Apple. Rather, when I use used to be an audio content creator, I always preferred to refer to internet audio content as netcast, a a la Leah Laporte. But Laporte gave up on trying to rebrand internet audio content as netcast some time ago. Whatever the case, I have found that using netcast doesn't cause confusion, at least to the rare netcaster I write to from time to time. So it might be a rebranding for HBR to consider giving its, given its hacker roots. But to answer the question, I consider HPR to be a netcast. With respect, Bob. And I reply, based on the answers around the podcast feed, is not going to give a clear answer. Every host and every series has their own feeds. So anyone can create their own feed pointing to media on HPR or the Internet Archive. So let me clarify the question to should we be a podcast or a podcast hosting platform? And I'll do the... Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm just gonna, I was just going to switch to Thunderbird where I can do it, if you want. So um, Dave Lee says... Oh, no, it's the same. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I can't operate my own... Uh, Podcast, he says. One word in HTML. Yeah, great. I really wish Dave, he, uh, he, uh, could you stop sending text. HTML only? Send both, like everybody else does. Yes. Let's see. And Jerome Batten. Hi, I would vote for a definite no on this one. Let me explain. Currently, the hosts are all a bunch of people that would show up in a Venn diagram in the nerdy geek techie section. Becoming a platform would open the site up to a much wider group of people. No doubt, amongst pe- no doubt amongst people with good intentions, also less likable characters. Think of influencers, people selling disinformation ultra-right, left and middle included here for completeness. This also means all these other podcasts need to be reviewed, and there need to be rules and consequently enfor- enforcement of said rules. If I look back and see what happens when somebody peddles the anti-pandemic stuff, I am getting really reluctant and endorsing becoming a platform. My two cents on the matter. Warm greetings and salutation to my fellow hackers, Drone Batten. And Kevin says, well, if we're moving from the positive to the normative, I would say we should remain a podcast. And I added my two cents I feel we should be a podcast and should maintain the same policy towards accepting and airing shows from other podcasts that we currently have, as long as they meet the requirements of posting on HPR, i.e. shows of any topic that are of interest to hackers. They post on the accepted schedule, currently not more than once every two weeks, if I'm not mistaken. The show can be posted under the same CC license that HPR uses. They are generally not a disruptive member of the community. The gray area is when a podcast is wholly hosted through HPR versus playing an episode from one which is hosted elsewhere. I think we asked the host to give a brief summary of an external podcast being aired on HPR at the start of the show before including the external material. 
For podcasts which air regularly or wholly hosted on HBR, the summary isn't requested. So far, I don't feel like anyone hosting their podcast on HBR has abused the spirit of posting to HBR. For me, the connotation of a podcast hosting platform means either some kind of monetization going on in the background or some kind of sharing of resources between the podcasts. And I'm not sure how that would look and work for HPR as is currently structured. I doubt Josh and an honest host.net would mind some extra capital coming in to offset HPR resources they graciously give to HPR, but it would be a completely new dynamic that would need to be worked out. If we went that route, I see a hacker public network or hacker public broadcasting network to which HPR would then become a part of that network, but HPR would basically be the same. Cheers, Rowan. And I replied uh, to uh, anyone hosting their podcast and HBR abusing the spirit. Agreed. I don't think anyone has entered into this. In, I think everybody has entered this into good faith. HBR can operate as either a podcast or a podcast hosting platform, but I would like to see the distinction. What bit? Sorry. Where did, did you hear the first part of that? Yes. Okay, and then the second part is, first, there is no guarantee or suggestion that the money will be flowing into the podcast hosting platform or sponsored deals entered into by podcasts on a podcast hosting platform. There's nothing to suggest that any of the money will flow to the podcast hosting platform's coffers. In fact, YouTube, Facebook, etc. are expected to pay their content providers. Anyway, when money gets involved, we get a whole other layer of bureaucracy and oversight. And I would much prefer to have nothing to do with. If you want to contribute, you send your donation to Josh or the Internet Archive. When the HPR needs stuff, uh, the community usually provides. As far as needing a podcast hosting platform, there already is one, and that is the Internet Archive. They already provide an API and they provide hosting for us and many other Creative Commons podcasts as well. In fact, that is where HPR shows have gone that have gone live are hosted. So what value would hosting on HPR provide? To which you replied? I replied, uh, let's see. So the good I'll day. get a coffee while my, that's going on. From my point of view, we keep the same direction. A podcast that happens to allow other podcasts to post their episodes in our feed. By direction, do you mean the same or is that the question about direction? allowing other shows to host themselves through HBR feed. And then um, in response to your uh, talking about money and things, um, uh, anyway, and um, excuse me, and uh, donating to Josh and them, I said, I didn't state it, but I agree. It is another whole level of complexity that is not worth the effort and then in response to as far as needing a podcasting host platform, there already is one, and that is the Internet Archive. Um, I, and the value of hosting on us, I say the value of hosting your shows on HPR, at least initially, is a fairly large audience with presumably similar interest is introduced to your content. Um, I maybe should have read out everything since Ken is now getting coffee. <laughs> Again, Ron, I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for <laughs> truncated silence. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I'm bad with truncating silence. <laughs> uh, I think I replied next. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, apologies, I misunderstood your point. Um, well, doesn't that make us syndicated shows? We're only releasing stuff for HPR. We put a rule in that other podcasts uh, sought to post on HPR to gain audience, and we started having no free slots for HPR-only content. Over the years, we stopped a lot of podcasts from airing on HPR because of the rule, but we didn't... But what's to stop them hosting on HPR instead and bypassing this rule? And to this I replied, um, and this is in response to your apologies for misunderstanding the point. I said, no worries. I should have stated that at first. My position was not well implied in my response. And then to your point of uh, being a syndication and the rules on syndication, I replied, ah, I didn't realize that was an issue. While I've recently worked with the syndication page, I obviously haven't read it thoroughly. How is this decided currently, whether a podcast can post through HBR or not? Is it on a case-by-case decision through the mailing list? Uh, I say usually it's clear cut. If somebody has their own podcast with their own site and their own feed, then they are a syndicated show. None of these things were in place when in-laws posted their first show. However, I did send them this email. Uh, guys, are you planning to, this was the first email I said, are you planning to release exclusively on HPR or are you planning on hosting your own podcast? If the former, then no problem. If you're planning your own show, then I'm posting a sample episode under the rules, stuff you need to know syndication. And if you're doing your own show, they would be happy to add you to the free culturepodcasts.org list. And I also said uh, in response, I think, or are you planning to hosting your own platform is what's causing the confusion. I can imagine that if you thought HBR was a podcast hosting platform, you might think that the syndication rule didn't apply. As it turns out, that wasn't correct. We, But that'll become obvious later on. And this is this, uh, I can... Oh, okay. I, I, I just switched that one. Go. It's the one that says... Um, in relation to syndication and the in-laws, that's interesting, says Dave Lee. I thought the syndication rule was in place well before then. Yes, the rule was there, but they didn't have a website at the time. But actually, that wasn't what happened again. So Dave says, uh, sorry, I completely misread it. Do you want to do DNT's rule? Okay. Um, DNT. T replies, honestly, I think the idea that HPR would be a podcast hosting platform has no basis on anything. It's largely a self-serving misconception for those who use it as one. Probably no one is really upset about the in-laws posting their shows as HPR shows. They clearly fit in, and it's it's good to fill a slot. I see this misrepresented. I see this like there's been kind of a symbol symbiotic relationship and then they misrepresented this relationship which has put hpr in a slightly uncomfortable position it shouldn't change just to get comfortable again hpr should just reiterate that it's not a podcast hosting platform but rather a podcast and that as far as it's concerned linux in-laws is a series within hpr as, as are others and i replied uh to give you some background the decision to only release material created exclusively for HPR was taken on the mailing list, but it was a hard decision to make and even harder to implement. This is in uh, uh, 2012 in October. At the time, we had to drop three shows from the podcast, and we've turned away 20 different podcasts since then. Uh, we started freeculturepodcast.org 
where we have the podcast recommendation series in order to lighten the message we're giving uh, in having to turn people away. It sucks turning these shows away, especially when you had to call uh, for shows open. Thankfully, most of these shows remain friends and understand the reasons for the decision. We're grateful for the publicity we could provide, and many went on to be HBR contributors, supplying shows and staffing the HBR boots. While there are many, uh, while there may have been doubt to start with, the in-laws now definitely qualifies as a syndicated show. So again, that's not correct, but okay. We have rules, rules that were agreed after a fair bit of thought and discussion in the community. But the in-laws are now outside of those rules and puts us in a difficult position, whether we arrived at it by accident or not. So to me, at least, it's rather more than putting HBR into a slightly uncomfortable position. It calls into question the impartiality with which the rules are applied. I need an answer to the question, why are they allowed to be on HBR and Podcast X isn't? And right now, I don't have one. Ooh, one I can read. Um, Josh says, if a series that has been on HBR turns into its own podcast, that's cool. But that should mean that it can stand on its own two feet and doesn't require to be syndicated on HBR. It doesn't stop them from going and doing a short podcast here, covering the highlight of the other podcast. It isn't so much giving them the boot as it is making sure the podcast stays within the rules the community has defined. Yeah. And, uh, Josh is the one who's paying for the hosting, so we do need to consider his words very carefully. So, two more from me. So, hi all. I just want to summarize the topic as to my understanding of the current situation. I don't think there is a need to amend... Oh, yeah, well, that's actually... How is this... Where did Yannick's email come? Because none of this means that makes any sense. Uh? I think I'm back. If you look in the thread, it sort of jumped back to Linux in-laws and HPR. How did Todd reply to that? Okay, I'll do another one and uh, figure it out from there. I- I have Todd's up. If you okay, to I'll, I'll do mine and then you do Todd's. The HPR syndication policy was designed to stop podcasts from monopolizing slots in the HPR. Question one, uh, what would it take to get the Linux in-laws into compliance with the... Hold on, that's a response to who's Todd wrote? Question one. Okay, you do Todd's, please. Hold on. I, well. First, I think I need to... Right... His, I have Todd's, and it does have the questions. Yeah, with it, I posted the email that I sent to uh, the in-laws. Hold on one second. This is all out of order. So if you open up Todd's one, there's all go of nested emails in there. Yes. So let's read that from the bottom and then work our way up. Okay. So I, I contacted... God, how am I going to read this? So would that be from your one from that says on Wednesday, August seventeenth, and you're saying you're showing with permission I am posting the email and my response to the Linux in 
Okay, yeah. Uh, so, hi lads. As I think you are aware, yeah, that's it. I'm a discussion we carried out on the mail list. Follows following my request for clarity as to the nature of HBR. The community is of the opinion that we are not a podcast hosting platform. And we do not host podcasts. All our series are considered to be episodes that are part of the HBR podcast. This puts your show at odds with the rule of only releasing material exclusively for HBR. As we have applied this rule to a lot of podcasts, we cannot make an exception here. So if you wish to continue to post to HBR, then you need to ensure the content is produced exclusively for HBR. If you decide not to follow this path, then your future episodes will need to be hosted elsewhere. As you are a Creative Commons podcast, then you can, then the Internet Archive would seem to be a logical place to host, host the shows. We are obviously willing to assist with the transition, and we can also add you to the show uh, to the show page on FreeCulturePodcast.org, which is which by default gets you exposure at any of the fests that our contributors attend. We can also send out notices to other people to let them know who maintain podcasts, floss podcast lists. Given a lot of people are subscribing to your RSS feed, we can hard code a redirect to the in-laws feed uh, that they're maintaining over at uh, in-laws underscore rss.xml on linuxinlaws.eu. If you want to subscribe, now's your chance. Um, and that way you don't lose any dedicated subscribers we would also remind people to add their feed in the upcoming community news i know this is not great news for you but i'm not enjoying being the messenger okay well tell me what you decide and as always you can bypass us and bring us up on the mailing list or you can contact a small uh group of auditors to discuss it privately with them and then you can probably do the in-laws okay uh so the in-laws wrote Hi, Ken. We certainly followed the discussion on the mailing list with growing disbelief, to be honest, and as yet have not commented. As Linux in-laws, we applaud the democratic approach by listening to the community. At the same time, we have to ask ourselves, can a handful of people commenting on a mailing be considered the whole community? As you well know, the silent majority tend not to comment on mailing lists. That being said, we also need to look at the actual arguments being made. HBR is not a podcasting platform and doesn't allow syndication. We fully agree and comply with this. As far as Linux in-laws are concerned, we are a series on HBR, just like many others. To argue the case, all our content is exclusively produced for and released on HBR. Yes, we have a website, but the same can be said for many serial content producers on HBR. Website is supporting, o- supporting only and does not host our recordings. Our setup and the way we publish material has been the same from the start, so why this sudden change of direction for HPR? We feel rather singled out in this discussion and consider us no different to other series producers on HPR. More than happy to discuss, we greatly appreciate HPR and we prefer to remain a part of it. Martin and Chris. Uh, My response to the point are as follows. Um, About the... uh handful of people about the mailing list um, governance i give a link to our about page in the section governance these emails are also brought to the attention of the entire community every first monday of the month in the community news show you're listening to it live there the community in its entirety can and do provide comments any proposal and improvements are welcome um and then to their point about uh uh, the website 
Yes, we have a website, but the same can be said of many serial content producers on HPR. And I said, please give me an example of the show or series on HPR that has its own intro and outro, operates its own website, has its own feed that posts shows prior to them being aired on HPR. They will also qualify as a syndicated show and will be treated according to the same rules. In response to our setup that we published material has been the same since the start. Uh, We made you aware of this in the welcome email I sent to new hosts and uh, about syndication, etc. And why the sudden change in direction? And I replied, because of your statement in the um, show 3649. Um, If we, where he says, if we take a look at archive.org for the last year and a half, uh, we clock in since we lost this podcast short of two and a half years ago is quite amazing. Amazing. Therefore, you consider yourselves a podcast and HPR to be a podcast hosting platform from your perspective. And all our content is produced for HPR, I said, and yet the website says all episodes are hosted on HPR. We feel rather, in response to, we feel rather singled out in the discussion, consider us no different from other series. I reply, I am very sorry that you feel that way, but you're not the first and you won't be the last podcast to have the rules applied. At the time, we have had to drop three different shows from the podcast and turned away three different po- uh, 20 different podcasts since then. Um, I can be assured you that we would have preferred to have dealt with this at the beginning. Now you can do Norris's reply. Okay. Uh, Norris replies, I have a few questions about the syndication policy. Hopefully I'm not overcomplicating the issue. Question one. What would it take to get the Linux in-laws into compliance with the HPR syndication policy? The biggest issue I see is the separate Linux in-laws feeds with unpublished HPR episodes. What if they replace their feed with the HPR series feed? Question two, is is a HPR host having a separate website to promote their HPR episodes okay? Question three, Many HPR episodes are audio versions of a web page previously published by the host. Does an audio version of an existing web page, verbatim or summarized, meet the requirement of material created exclusively for HPR? So I reply, the HPR syndication policy was designed to stop other podcasts from monopolizing slots in HPR. So in response to question one, stop being a podcast, start posting shows, Consider shows from Tlatu or Nightwise. Do you have any difficulty knowing if their shows were intended for HPR or if they were from their own podcasts? In response to question two, uh, having a separate website and promoting on HPR, the answer is yes, of course. Have a look at Ahuka, uh, Zwielink, Hacker Public Radio. In fact, when he submits a show or posts there, we say we see several hundred redirects from his site to HPR. Question three, uh, does the audio version extend web page, etc.? cetera? Uh, does that meet the requirements of material created exclusively for HPR? Probably not because it is content, uh, because does the audio version of an existing web page meet the requirements of material created exclusively for HPR? Probably not 
it is their content and they are creating new medium from HPR. Take the Dust series that was posted years ago, but the shows were recorded for his HPR. However, it will be done on a case-by-case uh, basis. The biggest issue he sees is separate feed. I replied, no, that's not the biggest issue. The biggest issue is that we've been turning other podcasts away with the same reasons that we turned the Linux in-laws. We do not syndicate podcasts on HPR, so is the Linux in-laws a podcast? It's, to use the saying, if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. <sighs> okay, and actually, what I'm not even sure I'm coming across here what the issue was, even rereading this, even though it didn't apply here. But if we say somebody can host on HPR, you could take, uh, I don't know, Clatoo show, the GNU World Order, and he could post all his shows on HPR and then maintain his own feed uh, pointing to the Internet Archive or, or shows on HPR. And that would conform to the to the rules in paper on paper but yeah don't know if you, if you get what i'm meaning why there's an issue with this uh, i mean uh, sorry uh, the sorry. argument <laughs> that the in those made there about that there are series and that they're hosting on hpr you know everything is is pointing to hpr um even if we accepted that argument we could have all the other podcasts do exactly the same thing, just publish their regular show onto our feed, onto via the HPR website. Ah, yes. And yes, then, okay. you know, that, that's what the whole syndicated rule was about. Okay. And this is the Yannick one, which is classic. Gosh. And this is why I owe Yannick a beer. Yannick says, Gosh, I didn't think anything would break me break my silence, but I have to. I'm not the sort of guy to say I told you so, but dot dot dot. On Thursday, February the thirteenth, uh, at four forty forty, PST twenty twenty. That's two and a half years ago. I wrote an email titled HPR three zero zero nine, in which I said. I'm writing you today because I am concerned about episode 3009. This seems to me to be a clear case of syndication. First, the title, Linux in Laws Season 1, Episode 1, and then the fact that there's no mention of HBR at all in the show. The whole thing is there, and the link. I stand by my position. The Linux in Laws in its current form has no business on HBR. And then in brackets, oh, well, I better go to it for now. I told you so. <laughs> anyway, back to being silent. Yannick, the French guy from Switzerland. Now, this is what I had completely forgotten to do and maintain and manage. Yes. <laughs> that, that was uh, amazing, like, <laughs> when I read that one. So, thanks, Yannick. I replied, I completely forgotten this thread. Link in the show notes. Then I was at the stand at Fostem and I spoke to Chris and it became clear that their website and feed were not active. So they are posting exclusively to HBR. So we are bootstrapping their show for them. Once they have everything ready, they will move their show to their own feeds and become their own on Free Culture Podcast site. Uh, do you want me to yeah, do Jason's, please. I missed most of this because work is beating me down, but it has always appeared 
to me that Linux in-laws was made for HPR so far. Richard, I've just woken up. Shall I do this next one? Sambong, who says, I feel it is how one represents themselves, an episode of for HPR or a podcast hosted on HPR. I agree with the policy current. HPR is not a host in my view. It's signed by Brian. And I reply, I totally agree. They were intended to be hosted on HPR for now. To be honest, I don't think they even knew HPR was anything other than a podcast hosting platform based on listening to episode 3649, 20 years in review. I was the first to make the distinction between podcast and podcast hosting platform in my response show, and I made it clear uh, in their what they consider to be a podcast hosting platform. Uh, in this episode are two aging thingies called uh, Hacker Public Radio. Yes, the platform that the Inix in-laws have been using since its very inception of this rapidly growing Floss podcast content. That's why I asked the email list, are we a podcast hosting platform? If we were, there we would be some justification for them to continue here. As they are not, then there isn't. Okay, shall I do Jason Dodd? He says, Please. I'm, I'm confused. One of my unrealized goals is to create a, a, at least one show, at least one show a week, naming them with some catchy name plus an incrementing number, posting them exclusively to HPR. That seems to be what Linux Inlaws have been doing. Is the thinking I can't do that because HPR is not a podcast hosting platform? Let's see. Kevin O'Brien says... I would think there are two problems here, potentially. First, if your plan amounts to having HPR host your own podcast, obviously that is wrong. But we also ask that people do not post more than once every two weeks. You may note that I have adhered to this pretty strictly unless there is an emergency of low shows. And even then, I check with the janitors first to see if they want the added show. Having a series on HPR is not a problem, but I think we do that by topic. I have started several series here, but I've always made it clear that I don't own the topic and everyone else is free to contribute. To me, the ethos of HPR is that it is a collective in which group members contribute. And to be clear, all of the above is my personal opinion, which others are free to disregard with regards. Jason says, then I suppose I'll stop with the shows that I do have recorded but haven't uploaded i consider the few shows i've done now my irregular podcast that's posted to hbr and he says we also have people do not post more than once every two weeks that's true and i was being a bit optimistic a show every two months from me would be downright impressive and hook says that it's uh, his personal opinion what he said I guess it's a distinction without a difference to me a series on HPR is the same as a podcast on a specific topic only hosted on HPR this discussion has been informative I now know what I plan to do wouldn't be appropriate for HPR fortunately what I'm doing is perfectly suitable for HPR listening and continuing to procrastinate on sitting down to record a show every two or three weeks and I reply uh it takes very little to run your own podcast nowadays. Create an account on the Internet Archive, upload your media there, create a small RSS file on your own domain, which points to the media on the Internet Archive, and you're done. You can help you if you run into problems and advise you how you can increase your exposure. 
and there's about a series on HBR is the same as a podcast on a specific topic only hosted on HBR. HBR tag is an ad hoc grouping of a show's on the topic. A HPR series tends to be open to multiple hosts on a defining group around the topic. For example, there's 50 on how I got into tech, there's 44 interviews, there's 34, what's in my toolkit, and 20 in privacy and security, etc. Oops. Uh, so X1101, um, replying to Jason Todd on, I guess it's a distinction without a difference to me. I disagree. There, are, There's a very clear difference. I would be welcome, nay, encouraged to add shows to the DOS, GIMP, Security and Privacy, or any of the other fantastic series that Kevin has started slash contributed to over the years. I don't think the same would be considered true for Linux in-laws. Interesting, the host of You Random, myself, Taj Pokey had a discussion about this when we decided that we couldn't maintain our audio book club schedule, but still wanted to do a show. One discussed option was to do a few HPR exclusive episodes to work out the bugs and then host it ourselves, because the policy has always been clear about the difference between an HBR series and a syndicated podcast slash episode. We didn't do this because we found other ways to approach it. Policy is clear, and this has absolutely slid into a clear violation of the policy. And Claudio says, hi, everybody. I've been following this email thread for quite a while, but haven't said much of anything, but I am in agreement HPR is a podcast and not a podcasting hosting platform. The reason being as follows. There used to be a couple of guys who started on HPR, the Alien Brothers podcast. They had a number of episodes on HPR, but the eventual intent, if I'm not mistaken, was to move away from the HPR host and host their uh, podcasts on their own. They were merely using HPR as a lodge pad for their own podcast to garner some listeners. Eventually, they did move on to their own feed for their podcast, but sadly, it pop faded. Some of their HPR episodes are still available via the archive, so there should be given. Uh, so that should give HPR enough backing regarding the situation. Anyway, that's my two cents on the matter. I can read. Uh... Christoph's uh, yep. once. Dear community, first of all, the in-laws would like to thank the HBR community for their feedback over the years and especially the last few days. Ken is, of course, right in pointing out the bootstrapping argument in Wednesday's reply to Yannick's mail, though we never really defined how long this bootstrapping period would last. In addition to the above, the assessment of the situation in our mail from Wednesday republished in Ken's mail. The situation from an in-law's perspective hasn't changed since we published our first episode in the early 2020. The content is published exclusively on HPR and our RSS feed points to HPR only. Having said that, I cannot get rid of that sinking feeling that HPR and its community shy away from success. If Ken's analysis published recently, uh, reference one, is anything to go by, we are one of HPR's most popular podcasts, which regularly publishes content. In addition to the fact that we are, synd are syndicated left, right, and center without any involvement of our own, as we found out a while ago, there's, for an example, a YouTube channel republishing the audio content and giving HPR credit. But let's take a look at the bigger picture. If our experience, never mind the feedback we are getting through official and other channels or anything to go by, the vast majority of our listeners couldn't care less where they get their episodes from. 
They heard or read about the podcast, search for the RSS feed, subscribe to it, and if they like what they hear, download from a server, they stick with us. End of story. In this light, any discussion about wording, podcast versus hosting platforms, etc., is academic and thus irrelevant for these listeners. Playing devil's advocates for the above, of course, never mind ignoring bylaws, etc. Smiley face. Of course, bylaws are bylaws, and feelings that we may have overstayed are welcome. We are happy to move the content elsewhere, probably archive.org, as suggested by Ken, which also has the side effect of reducing the technical debt of the corresponding automation workflow significantly. But do so with a bittersweet feeling, as we do believe in the true spirit of the Floss communities and their welcoming, inclusive attitude. Thus, having made every effort to promote HPR and its cause as part of the episodes and elsewhere, which is in stark contrast to the wording of some of the comments posted to the HPR mailing list over the last couple days. On an interesting side note, HPR seems to be actively soliciting podcasts from other platforms if, for example, the case of Grumpy Old Coders is anything to go by. In its most recent episode, David speaks about HPR having reached out to them, trying to move them over to HPR. Given the fact that this format is hosted on a proprietary proprietary platform, SoundCloud, with their form, format ex, exhibiting far more restrictive aspects, for example, they publish their content under all rights reserved license in contrast to CC by SA, as preferred by HPR, and knowing David, the producer of this format quite well as he has been one of my colleagues for the last years. It would surprise me if such an endeavor would prove successful. Never mind the above, the in-laws would like to thank HBR for having us for the last two and a half years and wish this platform, our word, smiley face, every possible success for the future. But it may help in order to avoid similar incidents in the future to be clear about syndication, never mind what the difference is between a show, a series, and a podcast as far as HBO HPR is concerned, as the wording in reference four somewhat is somewhat terse, and then they have uh, their references uh, listed. Yeah, and I reply, um, hi Christopher. While you're entitled to your opinions, I do need to correct you on a few inaccuracies in your mail regarding if Ken's uh, analysis published is anything to go by. Where HPR's most popular podcast. What I didn't include in the analysis was the 170 additional subscribers that you get to your own feed. As no one else uh, promotes their own HPR subscribers, we need to subtract that from the download figures to be fair to the other shows. So the first day release numbers of the show, uh, mostly averaging 700, between 726 and 753, that would make their first download 583. Uh, regarding the YouTube channel uh, content and giving HPR credit, I can't see that they're assigning credit or even the flagging the content as Creative Commons, unless you mean in the audio stream itself, which was created by HPR. And I gave a YouTube DL uh, JSON download uh, dump where I confirm that there is no mention of Hacker Public Radio or Hacker Indeed or HPR or the word Creative Commons. Regards, David speaks about HBR having reached out to try and move them over. The statement is not correct, and I would appreciate it if you could contact Dave and correct his understanding. Uh, fortunately, the entire conversation is publicly on Twitter. Um, have you, where I say, have you ever 
considered releasing your content as Creative Commons. We promote shows both on HPR and also on freeculturepodcast.org. For both, we would need to have your RSS feed or you don't qualify as a podcast. Somebody do... I'll do um, X1101. See this right here, he says, referring to... um, Looks like in-laws said they're one of HPR's most popular podcasts. See this right here is exactly the disconnect. HPR is one podcast. You simply cannot be one of HPR's most popular podcasts because brackets one is not a competition. And more importantly, two, HPR is a single podcast. Then in relation to the RSS feed... And the similar arguments, sure, fine, whatever. That's not really relevant to the questions at hand one way or the other. And if it were, very much points to you using HPR as something that we, the broader HPR community, have decided that it is not a platform to host your own podcast from. And then in this light, any discussion about wording podcasts versus hosting platforms, etc., is academic um, in the, uh, the, the original um, X1101 says, maybe, but they aren't onto us. And the comment about bylaws are bylaws. I do want to point out that that was not the only option presented. And regarding reducing the autom- the technical debt debt of corresponding automation workflow significantly, meaning archive are always easier to drive than HPR is. This is ab- there is absolutely no call for this kind of backhanded comment. The HPR admins stroke janitors have cons- consistently worked to improve the tooling of the site to support the HPR workflow while keeping everything that already exists functional as it is. This is one of the worst sour grapes examples I've seen in a long time and really belittles the work they do. To circle back to one more point, he says... Having said, the quote is, having said that I cannot get rid of that sinking feeling that HPR and its community shy away from a success. No, says X1101, I think we define success differently, speaking personally. If the success of any one HPR series doesn't translate into success for the community as a whole, then it's not really success for HPR. Having said all that, I still wish you the best of luck going forward. I hope that this is nothing more than an honest disagreement between a group of well-meaning folks. And DNT says, um, it's good because of this. No one will be able to question whether listeners are your own or HPR's making any claims of success irrefutable. Perhaps you're right that HPR has tended to shy away from success in those 17 years. Jokes aside, I do enjoy your shows and appreciate your work uh, to feature guests we want to hear from. So I look forward to subscribing to your feed and continuing to listen. Now for the things pertaining to HPR that we have all have talked about here, I think considering how easy it is to have your own CC licensed podcast by hosting it on the IA, and how well such prospective podcasters can be uh, expected to host an RSS feed to point to the audio files, it seems likely the only really good reason to slot one's podcast into the HPR feed is to access HPR listeners. Then the question for the community should be, do we want 
to sample new podcasts within the HPR feed? For me, the answer would tend to be no, because again, I think we should always keep the focus on attracting new contributors. It's what sets HPR apart, and it's the principle that should guide every decision without exception. It's the diversity of voices and experiences of people who wouldn't be otherwise a podcaster. If someone can argue that this would help convince listeners to become contributors, then we should talk about it. For me, a new podcast host or host wanting to gain subscribers can send a regular HBO show and tell us how uh, that if how that if we like their vibe, they're started their own podcast we can subscribe to as Tattoo has done. Those who like it will follow. And Carl Hyman replies, let's see, to, this is, I think, to DNT's comment on track, focusing on tracking new contributors, what's its part, HPR part. This, this is what the HPR community has defined as success. More contributors, not more listeners. Not more episodes per contributor. Granted, more listeners can mean can be a means to that end, but probably not if those listeners couldn't care less where they get their episodes from. I've enjoyed the handful of the in-laws episodes I've listened to, but I think our goals just aren't aligned. If HBR carried, as though it were a network, 10 twice-monthly podcasts, there would be no slots left open for new contributors. That's the reason the current policy exists, and we should seek to apply it equitably. I appreciate Ken's offer about aiding in a smooth transitioner for listeners who have come to Linux and laws via HPR. And I hope that sentiment makes the intent clear. This is not a banishment, but rather an acknowledgement that you've outgrown us. Struggling to communicate clearly from a French keyboard because I am too lazy to change it. Lesson Lane Deer. And Kevin says, I completely agree. We need more hosts who are part of HPR. And um, <clears throat> Brian Navarrete, who um, is Brian in Ohio, says, goodbye, in-laws. You'll never be as good as the outlaws. No jokes aside. Ooh, that burned. That burned. Um, let me see. I think that was the end, unless there's another thread. No, it's the, we have to go back to the very first one where I give the summary. Uh, no, there was more. Or was it later on? Maybe it was next month. Well, I better cover it now because I don't want to go back to this. Are you sure? I don't see anything in... Yeah, I think we managed to cover them all. No, because I've replied. I've replied to that with a uh, with a, an apology, actually. Uh, uh, did we go to the list? Maybe not. Yeah. So your message of the 22nd, uh, Ken, which was sent in reply to um, Monochromic and to the list. So is that the one? Or is it another, another mailing list? No, it's somewhere else. Yeah, it was because um, I sent it in the middle of the night at 4 o'clock in the morning. Remember that one? That went to the admin list. At least I, I've got... Oh, no, it went... Oh, hang on. It's it's on the admin list. I think the one you're thinking of. Did it go to the admin list? Did it not go to the mailing list? On the twentieth of August to the admin list with the reply from Christoph. Oh, I didn't. Did I not send it? 
Oh, that has, that should have gone to everybody. Right, send it to everybody now. Okay, um, I'll read it now, even though it's covered in next month's. Too long didn't read. Ken wakes up to find out that he is wrong again and owes the Linux in-laws an apology. Hi all, I've had some time to stand back and think about how I've handled this situation and I owe the Linux in-laws an apology. As they stated several times from their point of view, nothing has changed since joining HPR. They still believe, uh, believe they believed and believe HPR to be a podcast hosting platform that they have used in good faith. I now see that in the in that light, they have done all that was asked of them and more. In forgetting that we were bootstrapping their podcast and getting frustrated at their apparent flouting of the syndication rule, I have done HPR and the Linux in-laws a disservice. They have not done anything wrong. I would like to apologize to all concerned. Unfortunately, as I have spent so much effort putting HPR Proving HPR is not a podcast hosting platform, I am now left with the problem of dealing with a floss podcast without a home. This is not a good look and is exactly the opposite of what I was trying to achieve. The in-laws will need some time to transition to their own site. Their schedule is recorded several months in advance, so they will need some time to migrate in an orderly fashion. The move to a new hosting would need to be ironed out, as well as notifying their listeners as to the change that is happening. And we need to make sure that the feeds redirect automatically. I would like to ask the HBR community's tolerance for this exception for a period of, say, six months, so that we can round season one off here in good order. And I hope the extra time will give them the opportunity to mend some fences. Suffice to say, I owe Martin, Chris, and indeed Yannick some beers at Fostem for this mess. And I'll do the replies from Chris as well, because it makes sense. Hi, Ken. HPR Men's. No worries. We would like to thank HPR for having us for the last two and a half years. And remember that once the laws have reached their ultimate goal, world domination, until then, the second 10 beers are on us when we meet again at the next FOSTEM or whatever. Let's take the technical transition or RSS feed offline and Chris will be in touch via the HBR mailing list shortly. Okay, do you get all that? All of, and I know that may seem strange to people, but when I sat down and talked about it from the, from the in-laws point of view, they consider us to be a HBR HPR to be a podcast hosting platform. And from that perspective, the, you know, they were bootstrapping their show. Admittedly, two and a half years is a long boot-up process. But that said, um, yeah, that's yeah, just the way no, it is. I, I never got the feeling that they were they were working from, you know, a, a dishonest position. I think, you know, they just were, you know, and it, it sucks that it got to this point and, you know, that the mailing list did get a little heated at times. Um, but, you know, I think, Ken, you've done a great job. I know I know you've probably kicking yourself every time you think about it, but, I, you know, you've handled it well. Um, they've been very gracious um, in dealing, you know, with the change. And I think, you know, that response, I mean, it would have been nice to see it on, on the mailing list because it did sort of all of a sudden, you know, although I do remember you saying something about at some point them being the least the next couple shows being hosted. I don't remember yeah. where I heard that, 
but I do remember like hearing or reading that somewhere. So, uh, you know, I, it was my defense was four it, in the morning and I typed the wrong emails. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it happens. Um, but I, I think that's, you know, it's, it's a fair res- resolution to the situation. I mean, no, you know, I, they weren't everybody's cup of tea, but I think, you know, it's good to, to keep the the fences as mended as much as we can. And, you know, I think it's good that we're helping them transition and, you know, everything I'm sure you've had to go, you know, do to make it, it possible. So um, not a great situation, but I think it'll, you know, overall, I think in the long run, it'll, it'll all be good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I should have, uh, I should have kept track of the, yeah, of the, if we were doing a bootstrap thing, should have kept track of that. And then, you know, three shows in and their website is up and their RS feed is on. I should have contacted them to ask them, okay, what the plan was. But anyway, that's the problem, Yannick. You should have reminded me. I blame Yannick. Let's all blame Yannick. <laughs> <laughs> we, we could do with some sort of a leaflet or something for dealing with that, that type of situation. You know, um, we'd like you to, to, to bootstrap via HBO, or if you would like to do that, then you were open to it. But here are the, here are the, the ground rules. Um, yeah, I don't think we'll do that again. I, I really yeah, I don't, do. because well, um, right now what we do, what I would do is uh, it's so easy to post to the Internet Archive now. <laughs> you know, yeah, there's, true enough, very true. And uh, if somebody doesn't have the money for their own domain, yeah, we can we can see about getting them their own domain and you know, some, asking somebody to sponsor it for a year or whatever. Uh, because you know, there's no, yeah, there's no uh, benefit in in going via HPR. Well, there is, yeah. You get you and I, <laughs> you get me transcoding the shows and you get you doing the grammar check and the show notes and everything in order and you get that whole thing. But unless it's a um, Unless it's a HBR episode, I really don't want to be spending <laughs> that effort in it. Granted, with a free culture podcast website, we do contact those sites if they've got anything wrong with their XML file or mm-hmm, stuff like mm-hmm. that to help yep. them out. So yep. we will help shows. That's what we're here to do. But our uh, going via HBR doesn't add any value because it also is restrictive. You know how frustrated the the in laws guys uh, were with the not being able to automate the uploads. Um, and now I can completely see. You know, I was just looking at the amount of like support requests that we had was by far more coming from uh, from the in laws guys than anybody else. And I can completely see why now because. Your podcast hosting platform, yet you're not making it easy easy for us to host our podcast in your platform. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, we're going, yeah. yeah, but you're your HPR, you're you're part of the HPR. Yeah, but your podcast hosting platform. So I can, you know, four o'clock in the morning woke up and I completely realized why they're so frustrated with the whole thing. But you know, and to me, I always had the feeling we had this discussion. Well, why don't they just post? They want to automate so badly. Why don't you just go to the Internet Archive? And they go, but to to them, we are the Internet Archive. You know, we're just a a way of of hosting via via. And two and a yeah. half years ago, it was a lot harder to post to the Internet Archive. Yes, yes, it it it, it was getting better at that point in my experience, but but it was not very well documented and uh, and that type of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, they do have tools where you can just say, here's my show, here's all the stuff, here's all the files, 
put it up on the on the IA, and you can do it from your your own machine if you have authority, the authentication, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's it's yeah. uh, it has become very easy. So good, yeah. And uh, Jason Dodd just replied, going, uh, the whole thing has moved me firmly into the listener side of the house. If Linux in laws isn't for HBR, none of my content would be. Yep. And that brings me back to the question, like, uh, if you're running your own podcast, like uh, Tlatu, for instance, how does Tlatu work? Well, I have lots of questions for Tlatu. Um, Tlatu should come to Fostem, by the way, uh, just as by the by, we're already got him at 0.5% chance that he will be there, folks. So if you encourage him, send an email to Tlatu at uh, whatever his email address is now and uh, tell him to come to Fostem. That's a by the by. How does he decide what show goes to the New World Order and what show goes to HPR? That's a that's an interesting topic, actually. That would be a show in itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, sure. But, but would it go on New World Order or would it go to HPR? Yeah. And the frustrating thing is I hear it on... I hear a tattoo show and I go, okay, where is it? I really hope it's on HBR because then the show notes are going to be better. <laughs> Sorry, that's a, that's a that's a dig at Dave forcing everybody to have show notes. Uh, show <laughs> notes are important. Look at some of the show notes we've looked at today. Wow. Oh, yeah. I think it makes my point. Yeah, it does. They're... Uh, for also for accessibility reasons, I mean, we can go into it a hundred, hundred thousand times. It's if you do go to GNU World Order, it is very difficult to find the episodes with just a one-liner. Sometimes he doesn't even have in that he discussed an entire topic. Makes it frustrating to find. Yes, I, I know. I, I enjoy the, the topics that he covers, but I have on occasion gone. What was that thing again? Oh, I will never know <laughs> unless I listen to the show again. Actually, what we need to do is we need to have H.P. Lovecraft go over and do all his shows. It's going to require some cash, at least soon, yeah. I suspect. <laughs> okay, have we flogged this one to death? This is going to be a two-hour show. Seems quite flogged from my perspective. Okay, well, hopefully we won't have to deal with any of the... Uh, fallout from that but uh, we have the redirects in place and well not in place yet until they're done but we have a test redirect in place that should work and uh, then we need to pimp their show uh, so that people subscribe to their podcast Mm -hmm. and all should be good any other business Dave there was the there were two AOB things one was the Gitty um repository that we're using on an honest host requires people to log in to to view the repositories and, and uh, Josh is very keen that that would be the case he doesn't want anonymous access to it so are we happy with that or do we want to move the code elsewhere is the question yeah that is the question and we're putting it here because the community needs to decide my personal opinion is to have an account would make sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it means you could potentially upgrade to uh, being a, being a contributor more easily. I thought. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the other or the other subject. Oh, sorry. Had you? Well, had just on that as well, because it means 
that at some day we might go to uh, submitting your shows via uh, a pull request or something up there. And uh, Rowan will have to explain to me how this all works because he seems to be using the site as it was intended and I'm not able to do that. So call for shows there, Rowan. Can you record how to use GitLab? <laughs> Uh, I, I can Thanks. do... Thanks, uh, good lad. Excellent. Some. I'll add that to my uh, Osmia Show document. <laughs> okay. So uh, I cut you off there. Please, go on. No, just to say the re-upload stuff is still progressing. I got so fed up with um, fiddling the, around with the numbers to, to give an, an update each month, I just turned it into a, a table, which just gets pulled out of the, the database <laughs> saves me a lot less work, <laughs> a lot of work so so we've done 155 this month and there's 828 to go no, that's not bad sorry Rowan I cut you off there about uh, doing the show or about um, using GitLab Git T oh no yeah I can uh, that is a good idea I hadn't really thought about that um yeah. Okay. I, I don't know what other I had. To, yeah. I'm, I kind of mixed on, I could definitely see needing, and I understand, I mean, it's Josh's prerogative as far as like needing that. It's just, I'm afraid that some people aren't just going to like go and glance at it. To, I don't know. Some, you know, it's like, do you allow read only for the public and not, but anyway, it, that's another thing. If we, I can always, I mean, we could always have a, a copy of it running somewhere and just, you know, say if you want to participate, come to the actual thing and I could maintain, you know, keeping them synchronized. But anyway, not a big deal. It's fine the way it is, but I, I do encourage people, please just go sign up, take a look at the code, give us some feedback. It would be a big help. Keep my uh, encouragement up. Yeah. Um, I think, but on the repo, you can actually log in with a GitLab or a Google account or an open ID or something like that. So you don't have to physically create a new account. You can just extend your credentials over there. So it's not that big a deal. But I get your point. We should probably make a version of the code, you know, just have it on the website or something. Yeah. We should probably talk to Popey about this because it's his fault we're doing this in the first place. And not to extend it, maybe I'll just post this either to you or I'm just thinking um, because I thought at one point you had said you wanted to have like instead of using like rsync basically a git of the whole website and then you would just like do a pool to get everything Um, well for the code you would do uh, pull down the repo and then you get access to your code and everything's hunky dory there Uh, for the website the, and then you could generate your own copy of the website if you wanted. Or you publish it to a NurseSync site, and then we can set up a NurseSync from there that people can NurseSync the entire thing. Okay. All right. But, all right. Yeah. Both. So that's what it's, not, it's not mutually exclusive. I want both. Okay. I want it now. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we'll talk offline about publishing then to public hacker radio. Yeah. Uh, hobby Public Radio, which is the... Uh, That's it, Hobby, sorry. Yeah, yeah. The Hobby Public Radio, that would be another one as well. Probably appropriate, given our... But we uh, also have a think about how one would post shows via Git. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we would... Yeah. yeah, have a think about that. 
people having ideas of that, submit a show. That would be a good one to, to figure out. Okay, it is now seven o'clock in the evening. There is no chance whatsoever that I will be able to go out and finish the job that I was doing in the garden. Yes. So um, there you go. <laughs> that worked out really well then. <laughs> yeah. This whole Linux and Laws thing was a was just a way to rile the community. So I would be plenty of feedback. So I'd be stuck in here and get out of work. <laughs> I still have time in my day to go do the grass, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay, folks, tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public. Public. <laughs> no, 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 from the top. Uh, yeah. I go Hacker, Dave goes Public, and then you go Radio. Ready? Right. Tune in tomorrow. Actually, no, that won't work. I go Tune in tomorrow, Dave goes Hacker, you go Public, and we all go Radio. How about that? Tune in tomorrow tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio. Radio. And anybody who has survived to the end of this, please add a comment in the the episode feed. (laughs) There's no way anybody's listened to the end. Probably true. been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, you click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.